T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, guess we're not going back back to Cali Cali for the Super Bowl. That sucked. Welcome into extended postgame coverage presented by Smokehouse Barbecue with a couple of Chris's. Chris Tenpenny pushing the buttons with Chris Unocero on the mic. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And Chris, let's just get this out the way right off the top. In a game like this, somebody made a comeback and somebody choked, but that was much more of a choke than a comeback. Credit to Cincinnati. They won the game, but that was a choke job, brother. <laughs> that right there, like <coughs> anyone, I, I generally, do, like, you know, I generally don't want to, like, oh, Mahomes choked or anything. Like, you know, gener- generally it's, you know, mistakes that were made on the on the Chiefs' side all throughout costing the game. But, I mean, look, I'm not going to front tonight. It's Sunday night. It's 9.04 p.m. Some of y'all got to work in the morning. I'm not going to front with y'all. Like, it's late. We're not happy about this. Uh, the Chiefs choked, and Patrick Mahomes choked. Yeah, he tonight. did. We're going to keep it real tonight. Honestly, I can't remember ever saying that. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is invincible or perfect, but I've never felt that he was a large reason of why the, it costing the Chiefs a game. And now I can't say that. I mean, in the, we disagree a little bit. In the second half, man, I don't know who that guy was. That was not the former MVP. That was not Patrick Mahomes. That was not the future GOAT. He looked like a different dude. He looked like Alex Smith in his last playoff game with the Chiefs. How much do you think it was because of what happened at the end of the first half? By the way, if you want to talk about it, we'll act as your therapist until midnight. 913-576-7610. That's the phone number. That's the text line. We'll take your phone calls until we get out of here. We've got a lot to break down. I just felt like when the Chiefs couldn't get in the end zone and extend their lead at the end of the first half, not only did the scoreboard change, but the confidence changed in everybody, including Patrick Mahomes. I I don't think that was the deciding factor. I don't even think it was that meaningful. I understand why, because like from an outside perspective, us as fans, we see something like that happen, and then we obviously see the subsequent happenings in the game where the Chiefs offense just stopped scoring points. And he looked great before it. Yeah, and so like it makes us feel like that's the cause of it. And I don't feel like that's what it was. I just feel like it's easy for us to make that kind of a case. But they had a whole half after that terrible play, that terrible, awful call by Andy Reid at the goal line right before halftime. Like, we had – they had an entire second half to make something happen. And they just – like everything went wrong. Guys were dropping passes. You had Tyreek, you had Kelsey dropping passes. Uh, Mahomes sailing throws. Like I, it, taking awful, terrible, just 
horrendously bad sacks, something you would expect for someone in their very first playoff run, not someone who's a veteran like Mahomes. It just, it, I don't, I, like I said, I can't blame, th- I can't say that's the reason why they lost, but I can understand why it would feel that way because we're so used to momentum playing a major part in the result of games that it's easy for us to attribute that to the reason why they lost. But these guys are professionals. These guys have dealt with, plays like that all year long. I mean, they beat the bills last week and we had that deflating third and one play with Blake bell for some reason, running a speed option to the left, to the right. Uh, when you had Patrick Mahomes on your offense. So mentally though, he looked different. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about his interception. I'm talking yeah, about but, those sacks. Like, man, those were boneheaded plays for a very smart quarterback. That's been here so many times. Yeah. And I understand that. Like, I mean, and, and to me, that's why like, this is Look, a Super Bowl. taboo, bro. I've never come on this radio and said it's Pat's fault, but I'm, it's, uh, I'm, it's sort of Pat's I, fault. I'm absolutely saying it's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes' fault. I, I, like I said, he choked. He choked tonight. There's no other way to describe it. There's no other way to, like, I, I don't, I'm not here for the, the defense. I'm not here for the, well, the Bengals defense play. Well, no, he Andy, choked. How much of the blame pie does he deserve get? some. He deserves some. We'll, we'll get, more, get in more into that later, but Andy absolutely deserves some blame for this, but at the end of the day, the person I believe most responsible for this loss is Patrick Mahomes. Do you guys agree? 913-576-7610 is the phone number. We'll start taking your calls. Let's go out to Overland Park. Brian, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Brian? Hey, just one comment. Uh, Garofalo pulled a Mahomes there at the end of that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, if you, put, uh, if you put a number 15 jersey on uh, Joe Burrow, for Cincinnati, you got a Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. He was doing everything. I just said to myself, that's what we expect out of Mahomes. He runs, he passes, he stays in there, he's focused. Uh, these young quarterbacks coming up, you know, they're all they're all getting good. Uh, I will give you uh, that Mahomes did choke. He uh, When he starts scrambling around like a bug with only one antler, you know it's a bad game. But uh, he is taking credit for it. You know, after the game, he stepped up and took credit for it. But... Uh, I think the overconfidence of 20 and 0 talk last year kind of pervaded. You know, we're up by three touchdowns and uh, we're overconfident. The other team was figuring out how to catch up and we put it on glide and uh, that's where we ended up. Yeah, I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call, Brian. Opens up a line 913 576 7610. Chris, to his point about Burrow, man, Burrow, especially that drive where they took the lead and ended up kicking a field goal. Looked very Patrick Mahomes-like, not so much with his arm, which he did, but more so with his legs getting all those first downs. Like, that dude, we've we've talked about, you know, for a while it was Deshaun Watson, it was Lamar Jackson, it was Josh Allen. Joe Burrow's that dude. Now he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I don't believe Joe Burrow was as great as I think a lot of people are trying to make him out to be. Like, if I'd have told you. At Arrowhead, second year AFC championship game, that crowd. Like, that's impressive. But if I told you that the Bengals scored 24 points in regulation, how much do you think the Chiefs win by? Oh, two touchdowns. Exactly. And I thought I predicted 38-24 Chiefs. That was my score prediction. Because I, I thought I, 24 points regulation, 60 minutes, Bengals are scoring 24. 24 is league average. If you give up 24 points to a, a team with a quarterback like Joe Burrow, you should feel good if you got an offense that has Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And what happened was his offense showed up when he, they needed to show up. He made plays on third down with his legs when they needed him to make plays. 
But when the Chiefs needed Patrick Mahomes to make plays in that second half to get one touchdown, because they had 21 points in the first half, you just needed one touchdown, and that game doesn't go to overtime because your defense did good enough to hold them to league average in terms of points per game, and your offense couldn't get the job done and get you one touchdown. And even with all that crap that happened, they still had the ball all the way down, first and goal, like – Tony Romo was talking about maybe Cincinnati's going to let him score a touchdown. Ultimately, not only Chris, they end up kicking a field goal. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes making some dumbass plays. It went from being a 20 something yard field goal to a 44 yard field goal because he took that sack. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he took two sacks, two of them on that, like two terrible sacks. I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Higginsville. Matt, you're on 610 sports radio. What's up, Matt? Yeah. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Long time fan of the show. Um, maybe we've covered this already, but you know, the, the, the last drive before halftime, whatever, you know, I can live with that. We still got the lead getting the ball, you know, in the second half, but that last play, like you were just saying on, uh, you know, where he takes the first sack didn't even bother me that bad. The clock's still running, but that last sack, I mean, it seemed like he, it seemed like Mahomes just watch that guy rush straight at him from about 15, 20 yards away. And I don't know. I guess that's what bothered me the most was it seemed like he had plenty of time to throw that ball out of the back of the end zone. It, I I don't know. It, it definitely seems like more of the Chiefs choking than the Bengals winning that game. You sound like uh, I do, Matt. You're like, just, uh, yeah, I Damn it! I, I'm so pissed off that this happened because they had the 21. I think he's trying not to curse on the air, which we appreciate. We I really do appreciate. Do. I mean, I'll tell you this: it's going to be a struggle for for me for the next just under three hours now to not drop f bombs and s bombs on the air because I sure was doing it during the game. We hope our producer Chris Tenpenny keeps his finger on that button. Over I mean, there. I got I got the dumb button right. Good, here. dude, because yeah, something tells me that you're going to slip something. So let's just go back out to the phone line. Shawnee, Tony, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Tony? Yeah, I'm. I called in. I'm in need of therapy. Um, <laughs> Lay on the couch, I, man. What can we do for you? <laughs> I always talk about with uh, a lot of these teams in the AFC uh, getting perhaps TSS. I call it tight sphincter syndrome. <laughs> and, you know, getting. Uh, Good job for uh, making that radio friendly there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've been really thinking about how to do that. But uh, I think about this, and it's the Bengals had it the first half. And then for some reason, we came out with TSS in the second half and were a completely unrecognizable team. And I think it's got to start with Andy Reid completely abandoning the run first half, six, seven, eight yards, every first down that went away. And it's just like the confidence in everybody and everybody collectively collapsed and, uh, Maybe I'm the only one feeling this way, but I've seen enough of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's time to move on. And uh, I, I think that, you know, with time comes perspective, and we'll get a better idea about all this uh, going forward. But this is just a catastrophic choke job. Um, we choked it away more than the Bengals won it. Congrats to them and their idiot Who Day fans. <laughs> it's completely stupid. Um, but whatever. I'll listen off the air. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you. I feel your pain. Um, as far as Andy goes, and Chris, I know you've got strong thoughts on this, so I'll let you take more than me, but he's a Hall of Fame coach. He is an, he's maybe the best coach going right now, but he's not perfect, and for whatever reason, man, 
you can talk about bad play call at the end of the first half. You can call about bad play call at the end of regulation. You can talk about bad play calls to begin overtime for as good of a coach as he is. And same thing about Patrick Mahomes, as good of a quarterback as he is. Both those dudes did the Chiefs no favor today when they need them the most. I Here's what I'll say. First off, I, I there's one thing I want to I want to say to anybody thinking about calling in, texting and whatever. Uh, if you are in the fire Andy Reid camp, don't call into this show tonight. I will hang well, up on silly. you. I will hang up. I, I, <laughs> I have instructed Chris Tenpenny, our producer, to hang up on your ass as soon as you start talking about fire and Andy Reid. There's no fire Andy Reid. Ain't, ain't no damn Andy Reid slander going to happen <laughs> on this show tonight. We're not doing that. Because if you fire Andy Reid, the best coach you could hire is Andy Reid. So uh, get out of there with that. That's not going to happen. I'll block you on the text line if you text that in too. Uh, don't try me. But I, I will say this. I do agree with you in that uh, sometimes Andy Reid outsmarts himself. Like sometimes Andy Reid, Andy Reid's this mad scientist and he knows so much about football and he comes up with all these crazy ass ideas of plays to call. Why go away when it's working though? If I'm in fifth grade, I'm talking to the cutest yeah. girl at the playground and it's working. I'm going to keep spitting the same game. Why'd he like that? Because why go away from the running game? Because that first off, Andy, Andy, we know, we know who Andy Reid is. Yeah, I can't answer that. Myself, we know who I? Andy Reid. Andy, okay. the, the number one criticism that he's always had before, like he won the Super Bowl, you know, which was, you know, aside from not winning the Super Bowl, was that he didn't run the football enough when and he was in Philly. Yeah. When he clock management too. When he was in Philly, and he had Lashawn McCoy, he had Brian Westbrook, um, you know, he had Deuce Staley. We always heard, oh, he doesn't run the football enough. He should run it more. He should stop throwing the football so much. And it's been, it was a criticism here, too, when he had Jamal Charles. It was, you got to run the football more. We know what Andy Reid is. The problem, though, is that Andy Reid usually has, like, great plays lined up, especially when they get into a goal-to-go situation. That call at the end of the first half, with no timeouts. You have five seconds on the clock, no timeouts. Stupid. So S-T-O-O-P-I-D, stupid. So if you if you throw it behind the line of scrimmage, that guy's got to score. And that was an awful play call because it was like the Bengals knew it was coming. And if you're like, so in that situation, you got to play it safe. You're going to go for the touchdown with five seconds to dude, go. Dude, if you're going to do that, you throw might it as well, in the end zone. Dude, if you're going to do that, if you're going to have it in the field of play, Run the ball and try to catch him off guard if you're gonna do something so idiotic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't trust their line to be. I'm able not to saying run that would have been a good plan <laughs> either, but good his plan, plan didn't work. Yeah, I do agree. Like, like throw it in the. You got Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end to ever live. <laughs> throw the ball up there. Just have him go up there. Do what they used to do on Madden. Just like have a guy run a curl route and just throw it up and ha- just lob it to the guy and he can pull it down. Dude, you can throw it to my uncle Stewart in the 14th row at Arrowhead yeah. and kick a field goal. I don't care what you do, but don't throw it in the field of play. Just throw it to him in the back of the end zone. He could do it. But do not throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage when you don't have any timeouts. And that right there is Andy Reid outsmart- outsmarting himself. And that to me is like, and you kind of saw that throughout the game where there were times where it just felt like Andy was outsmarting himself. And he does that from time to time, but it's like, this is not the game where you can have that happen. Like he he did it last week against the Bills on that third and one, but like it cost them so much more because it felt like every time they needed a play to be made, he was finding some way to like outdo himself as far as outsmarting himself. How, and how, that was a problem. How can you both be, Chris, a Hall of Fame coach and don't know the expression, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? That doesn't make sense to me. 
If you're Mike McCarthy and you do something stupid, you're Mike McCarthy. If you're Andy Reid, first ballot Hall of Famer, and you go away from the running game and you throw the ball to Demarcus Robinson twice in overtime and not Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill, or you throw the ball in the field of play when you've got a few seconds left, like, man, I'm not trying to place any extra blame, but I'm also not trying to let the guy skate because this was a, this was a, there were a lot of mistakes when it comes to the head coach today. Yeah. No, a Andy, lot of mistakes. And Andy, I, I think if we're doing like a hierarchy of blame, who gets Andy's, the biggest piece of the pie? Patrick, for sure. But Andy's number two. Number two. Number two. For Let's sure. go back out to the phones. Dan's in KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, hey, Chris. Hi, Sean. Hey, hey, the hey Dan, the sun's right? one, so you can't throw any shade at my son. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't. The first feet, feet uh, drives are pretty good. Now, I, I don't agree with you, Chris. Best in the they league. Got into the end zone. It didn't make no sense. And, uh, you know, the defense played pretty good. Uh, I think they stopped it in Jamar Chase, who was pretty good and, uh, with the interception. But, uh, you know, it's, it's stunning to me. I, I was four years old when the, they lost to the Dolphins in 71. But they'll, they'll bounce back from this. I think uh, Eddie will bounce back from this, and everybody's going to bounce back from this. And, uh, I, hey, Chris, I wonder how Jillian's feeling about this. It's going to be a tough one to think, but they'll be back next year and you'll get that championship next year. Take care of yourself, guys. Appreciate you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah. Dan's awesome. One of my favorite Dan's callers. great. He's an assassin on the call line. And doesn't waste right any out. time. In and and out, I, yeah, I'll, uh, how it is. I'll, I'll, I'll hit Jillian up and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, He's know right, though, about Jamar out. Chase. Like, the first time around, Jamar Chase cooked him. Absolutely torched him. What, three touchdowns and 150-plus yards? Yeah, besides Six the for one, 54? Yeah, besides the one. I mean, he didn't. He had a, I mean, he had a good day, but he wasn't. He didn't cook him. Like they and and that's the thing is like if we did if if either if anybody would have told you Jamar Chase six fifty four touchdown like you'd be like I'll take that you know if you would have told me that the Bengals would get twenty four in regulation you'd be like I'll take that I would take all these stats Joe Burrow two touchdowns one pick two hundred and fifty yards Chiefs win that game yeah. Joe Mixon eighty eight yards on twenty like. Average 4.2 yards per carry. T. Higgins went off. He had a good game. Six catches for a buck oh three. But nobody else went over 55 yards. Like, if you just look at the stats, the Chiefs won this game by 20 points. Yeah, like, like, and, and this is because I'm seeing this on the text line right now. And a lot of people are trying to, oh, fire Spags. Spags needs to go. I'm too scared to look at the text line. That's <laughs> fine. I don't it's fine. It. But, like, the, the text line is, like, trying to kill Spags. And I understand because the Chiefs defense isn't, uh, you know, top 10. They're not elite or anything. But... At the end of the day, the defense did their job. They gave the Chiefs a chance to win. If you, like, if any of us would have said you're going to get 24 points from the Bengals allowed, or do you, how much do you think the Chiefs win by? All of us would have said double digits because we just watched the Chiefs go out there and drop 42 on the number one defense in the NFL last week, and then this week they come in and they look. Everything like that offense last week in the first half, and in the second half, you crap the bed. So I, like I said, I, I'm not going to blame Spags because the defense did their job. Did some of those guys miss some some would be sacks? Absolutely. But you went out there and you got like Sneed got a turnover. Sneed got an interception, and what did your offense do after that interception? Nothing. They got stops when they needed to. Nothing held them to a field goal when the team needed him to hold them to a field goal. And then you got the ball back, got it to the, was it the five yard line? And you proceeded to watch your quarterback get sacked twice terribly. And uh, you turned a, a chip shot field goal into a 44 yard field goal. The defense is not to blame. Spagnola is not to blame. There are some deficiencies on the defense that they can address in the draft, 
but the defense did its job today. It was on the offense. The defense was good enough. There's plenty of other blame to go around. We could talk about, as the show rolls on, some offseason moves the Chiefs need to make, but I don't see it like that. I don't think they need to break it down. I don't think they need to build it up or anything like that. I think the roster's fine. I just think that the guys that they had need to do a better job. That's right. it. I think it was, a, like I said, the defense did its job. You give up 24 points to Joe Burrow, you should win that game if your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. I agree. 27-24, the Chiefs lose. Now we know the Super Bowl. Who had this? The Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl. We got to take a break. We got full phone lines coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Lewis, I'm going to get to you, Lori, Bob, and Tim. So stay on the line. We're going to talk Chiefs for the next few hours here on 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Thanks for the, thanks for the lift, Tenpenny. We needed that, brother. <laughs> Unbelievable. He said he was going to play some depressing music. I didn't think it was going to be like this. That's Chris Tenpenny, Chris Unocero. This um, is this is like an action movie when like the 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 protagonist like mentor dies, and they're like trying to get over it and before they for like going back into training to redeem themselves. This is a sad song. I here. promised myself I wouldn't cry as a tear rolls down my cheek. Twenty seven, twenty four. The Chiefs lose. I can't believe I'm saying that to the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals and the Rams. That's your Super Bowl this year. How about that? Text line is. Filling up, 913-576-7610. We want to hear what you have to say. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Tim is in Kansas City. What's up, Tim? Hey, not too much. Uh, actually, in Lawrence, and um, for uh, Mr. Unicero, you know, Spags and the defense is almost 90% to blame. Really? Here's the reason no, why. Hear me, no. hear me out. Give me. So, okay. I'll hear you. So there, 
there, there's, there's an instance where both linebackers are about five to seven feet off the defensive line because they're frozen, thinking that either Mixon or Burrow is going to actually go up the middle. And whether it's the Bills, whether it was the Bengals, whether it's any game we've ever lost or come close to losing, we get hit on inside slants right over the middle because Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are great at tackling, but they don't have the necessary big game experience to cover anybody. And, and Tyron Matthews been in the league for nine years. And, and our defense looks at secondary like, you know, we're, we're the wayward home for rebuilding projects. We haven't had a quality corner or secondary uh, since Marcus Peters. You know, we could have traded for Stephon Gilmore and given the same thing that the uh, Carolina Panthers gave him. But, you know, Spags, Spags got one sack from Melvin Ingram when we could have had Dan Sorensen on the left side of Ingram every play to blitz, and we would have had pretty much the same result of having two middle linebackers on the inside and, and still getting hit with the inside slants. I'll listen off the air. Thanks. Thanks, man. Okay, so here's the thing. First off, um, Joe Burrow was slipping out of sacks. They were right there, and these guys were not executing. Why did they sack him nine times the first time, and today Joe Burrow was because, more like Lamar Jackson? Because those be. guys who play for Tennessee are much better tacklers than the guys who play for the Chiefs. But that's not Spag's fault that these guys aren't tackling right. It's not Spag's fault that guys are slipping out of Chris Jones. How is, how is Spag supposed to make Chris Jones tackle better? Like, how is he supposed to go out there and make him wrap up a guy that big and tackle him better? Spags can't do that. That's on Chris Jones. If you want to blame anybody with the defensive performance as far as the missed tackles, the missed sacks, that's on the guys who are out there with those jerseys on playing. That's not Spags' fault. Uh, But the big thing that it comes down to is that you were playing against a great quarterback in Joe Burrow, and you allowed 24 points. The Chiefs would have won if they scored one touchdown in the second half, one touchdown, you allowed 24 points in regulation. You had 21 at halftime or one touchdown at the end of the first half. I thought or, I threw one, that in t- or one touchdown, or you get the field goal and then you get a late field goal to, to go up and win 27, 20. Well, this is making me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> but you had opportunity <laughs> after opportunity after opportunity on offense to put that game away. Your defense is mediocre. They're not great. I'm not blaming Spags because the defense isn't great. Because, look, he he can only work with what he has first off. He has a lot of mediocre corners to work with. They went out there and they kind of put a patchwork all, uh, defensive line together. You've got uh, what's <laughs> Melvin Ingram's really good pickup in the middle of the season, but you haven't really done well as far as draft picks go for pass rushers. So you're really kind of having to bring in a guys like Frank Clark, who has underperformed his contract. It is what it is, but you only allowed 24 points to one of the better quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And if I'd have told you that you gave up 24 points to Joe Burrow, we all would have thought they would have win by double digits. And you're actually making it too difficult. All you really need to say is the Chiefs scored three points in the second half. Yeah. If you score three points in the score second half. If you seven, you win the game. And if you score three in the second half, it doesn't really matter how many you put up in the first half. If you are playing up against a good offense in an AFC championship game, I don't care where it is or who you're going up against, three points in the second half, you're probably going to lose that game. Like, is it Andy Reid's fault that Patrick Mahomes was missing throws is it Andy Reid's fault that Patrick Mahomes missed throws to Travis Kelsey almost threw an interception to Eli Apple 
who acted like he won the game for the team and then threw that terrible throw to Tyree Kill down the field. Is that Andy Reid's fault or is that Patrick Mahomes' fault? It's Spag's is it Andy, fault. Is it fault. Is it Spag's fault that that uh, Patrick Mahomes decided to take yes. two awful sacks yes. when they were at when they were right, and they were in a goal-to-go situation. Is that Steve Spagnuolo's yes, fault? Yes, he should have been in his ear saying. He should have been telling him, don't take a terrible sack. We got sack. a chip shot field goal. Come on, Patrick, don't take a terrible. I can't do a Boston That's his accent. That's job. Let's I go back out Massachusetts to the phone line. Accent. He does have a great accent. Uh, Lewis is in Kansas City. What's up, Lewis? Yep. What's on your mind? Well, uh, heartbreaking loss. Um, you know, Andy ab- abandoned the run. But not only did he abandon the run, but he abandoned McKinnon. Mm. You know, McKinnon, how productive was he in the first half on us marching down the field? And and then you abandoned the run and McKinnon? No, I'm, with, I'm with you. That was um, – I, I can't say that we've never seen this from Andy because this is kind <laughs> of his M.O. But yes. in these type of games, and you've been doing this for so long, and now you wear a Super Bowl ring, to the caller's point, like it's not like McKinnon was good. He was great. In the first half, every carry he had, Jim Nance even said six yards, seven yards, eight yards, nine yards, 12 carries in the game for 65 yards, and we basically didn't see him touch the ball in the second half. It just didn't make sense. Three months ago, we did a show together. We You filled in for Bink, and I was like... You'll have to remind me. My short-term memory's been shot since college. It was like right before the Cowboys game, and I remember oh, yeah. the question was like, because it was after that Raiders game, and everyone was like, oh, Chiefs have to... They absolutely have to start Daryl Williams now because he's the hot hand. And I was like, Clyde is the more talented player, so he should play. And Clyde came in. When he was in, he was really good. Six for 36 today, averaging six yards per carry. Yeah, but once we got to the playoffs and you had Daryl getting hurt and Clyde was obviously coming off of injury, you had Jarek McKinnon out there, and Jarek McKinnon – looked like the best running back you had had all season long. And what we've seen from Clyde has been incredibly inconsistent. And it once I saw Jarek play against the Steelers, I was like, if he plays like that next week against Buffalo, you gotta he's got to get a majority yeah, of your the touches. Dude. That's the dude. That's the guy. Yeah. So when I watched him in the first half of this game, he clearly was the best running back on the field. So you knew it, and I knew it, and every caller knew it. Why did Andy Be- not know it? Because Andy's too loyal. Andy is too loyal to mean? his guys. You know how twenty seven? We all know in twenty seventeen, Patrick Mahomes should have been the starter, not not and not Alex Smith. We all knew that, especially when we saw him week seventeen against the Broncos, and he played much better than Alex had played pretty much the entire year. And it was like that here with Clyde. Third quarter. Like, he wants to get Clyde involved. They spent a first-round pick on this guy. This is a guy who is incredibly talented, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he's had some issues where there are times where he looks great and times where he looks like he doesn't belong in the league. But the thing is, is you got to go with the hot hand when it matters. And at this point in time, Jarek McKinnon was the guy. He was playing well. Clyde was playing well when he was running, but, like, as a pass catcher, like, he doesn't look like the guy he was advertised to be. Jarek was great as an av- as, as, a, as a pass catcher this year, especially in the postseason. That's unacceptable what you're saying. I mean, you're a game away from the Super Bowl. You're on the top of Mount Everest. Like, man, this you're, you're in desperation. You have to go with the guy that's best, not the, yeah. guy that, not the guy you're the most loyal to, not the guy that you drafted in the first round. That's stupid. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, it was a terrible decision by Andy, and it's something I think Andy might, like it might then Andy really has to think about 
going into next season, like, do I want to continue to keep pushing Clyde as if he's the the franchise guy, or do I want to just kind of go with who's performing the best at that time? Because, I mean, let's be honest here. Clyde's never gotten the kind of touches uh, this year that you would expect from someone with uh, who has that kind of franchise uh, tag from the organization as a running back. He hasn't gotten that this year, in part because of injury, but also because Daryl Williams has played really well whenever he's gotten the whenever he's gotten a lot of touches. And at this point now, it's just like if you're not going if you're going to be throwing the football a lot to your running backs because teams are playing so far off the line of scrimmage in pass coverage, maybe you should go with the guy that's a better pass catcher. And right now, I don't know how you could say I mean, even Daryl Williams looks like a better pass catcher than Clyde does. So why are you why do you have Clyde out there taking touches in the third quarter? when Jarek was much better than he was at catching passes, which is what you need from your running back at the time. It's because they're stubborn. It really is. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's because, well, when we drafted this guy, he was second in the country when it comes to catches out of the backfield. Well, guess what? Now he's been an NFL running back for two years, and that just doesn't appear to be his skill set. Let's go out to Lone Jack. Neil, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Neil? Oh, guys, man, I am still just in total shock. Unreal. I just cannot believe this happened. I mean, with Patrick as our quarterback, we're not supposed to lose this game. I mean, it is inexplicable. What I mean, you guys talked about his confidence and what it was like. What? How did that happen? Neil, Neil, real quick. With all the with all the crap and the bad calls and everything that happened in that game, once the Bengals came down and kicked a field goal, and Patrick Mahomes got the ball back, and the Chiefs had two plus minutes. How sure were you that he was going to turn back into Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl? A hundred percent. Me too, dude. I was so sure. I was one hundred and fifty thousand percent sure. I was. I was confident he was going to. And then in overtime, and then you mentioned the pass to Tyreek. I didn't, I was at the game. I wasn't. I didn't watch it on TV. I haven't watched it yet. Did that ball not hit Tyreek's hand? No, it, it. It. It went off his hand. Yeah, yeah. it went. It went off. It went off. His no, hand. I'm with so, you. Go ahead. The pass was there. I mean, he he, he it, could have had his. It got hit like a Superman it, moment. At that play, and unfortunately, it just doesn't. And there's so many questions, so many inexplicable things. How does Chris Jones have his hands on Burrow three times and not get one thing? How do they have more sacks in this game than we had? It's inexplicable. And even Neil, and even Neil, real quick, even with. How do we not run the ball multiple times at the end of the game when we're on the five yard line and we have first and goal from the five? How do we not just run the ball three times and leave them with like maybe 20 seconds on the clock and we score a touchdown? Let's pick it up right there. I'm with him. How in the hell did that happen? Chris, we can talk about the previous 58 minutes and we will and all the bad play calls and Patrick Mahomes and the turnovers and not running the football. But when it comes down to it, I mean, the Chiefs had the football. They were down by three. They got it down to first and goal. They had everything they wanted. Tony Romo was talking about maybe they're just going to let him score. Then Patrick Mahomes gets sacked, fumbles. The Chiefs recover it, so it's like, oh, man, they could have lost it right there. Then instead of being in a chip shot field goal, they kick the 44-yard field goal. That goes right down the middle, so it looks like it's breaking for the Chiefs again. Then it's a coin flip. When's the last time you saw a coin flip that worked out in overtime? Just last week. We go heads. It's tails. It's Chiefs get the ball. It's worked out every time Dude, for the Chiefs. I was until this so week. sure they were going to win that football game. I I'm with all the callers and the textures, man. Like I'll sit here four hours and change afterwards, and I still can't believe that crap happened. I I wasn't as confident about overtime this time. I'm around. not a very good therapist. I need a therapist. <laughs> I was not as confident this time around because I watched Mahomes at the end of that 
of regulation. You really didn't think? Are you being for real? I'm 100. percent I was when Patrick Mahomes had the football with three minutes left, look, down by three at home. You didn't think they were going to win that I, game? I wasn't confident. No. What? I was not confident. If I if you'd have asked me bet my life on it, I'd have bet they'd have done it. But I wasn't. I was It would have. It would have been a my, my, like if I would have had to make that choice. Like if I got to hit a button. Of whether or not I think he's going to go down and, and get them a touchdown and win the game or not, my finger would have been shaking, but I would have hit the button that says <laughs> he's going to get that touchdown. But I, it, w- it would have been very, very hard. Like, I just I didn't feel it from Mahomes. Like when he took those terrible sacks at the end of the game, when you were right there in front of their goal, something. I was like, oh, no. When? When did you stop feeling it? Because dude himself was feeling it for the first quarter and a half when he put it up was, 20, it was, was it like 20 of 22 or something. It was right. It was it was it was that that, that last drive just didn't feel right. That last drive, just something about it didn't feel right. It just and then when it got in front of the goal line, I was just like, run the ball. Like you have three timeouts. Just run the ball. Like and I, I'm never like that. I'm never because I don't believe the Chiefs are a team. They're 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 too finesse to just like smash mouth, run the football and on defenses like that. They're just not that kind of team. But I felt like I just I don't I don't I don't know why. I just don't feel Mahomes is gonna be able to do it for some reason. And then the sack, the first sack happened, I was like, oh God, no. Like and then obviously the fumble, and I was like, dude, just get a field goal. Let's go overtime. And, you know, maybe you get like Tyreek, you get like what we had with minute to go. Tyreek over the middle. He just takes it all the way to the house. We we escape with the win and we go to the Super Bowl and we either face Matt Stafford's turnover prone ass or we face Jimmy G. Like, like we we get one of those. We get a better matchup here. Like maybe this just this is just a bad day at the office for Patrick Mahomes in the second half. I just didn't feel like it was there in that second half. Something was off about Mahomes. I, I mean, we. it's hard to diagnose what it was. Had but you I ever wasn't felt confident. that way until the second half of today? No. <laughs> no. It was, that was a crazy thing. It's like, I usually, oh. usually, because like, I, you know, I've, my, uh, my dad's best friend, like, you know, he'll text me throughout games and whatnot. And usually, like, the, the first quarter of that, of that Steelers game, he's like, oh, the Chiefs got to watch out. That offense, they're not scoring. I was like, just you wait. It's okay. Chill out, bro. Chill out. We are good. We good. I just watched this team go out there and smash this team a few weeks ago. We good. And so I was very confident that they were going to get over it in that Steelers game. Second quarter, they did. And then the Bills game, they were pretty much on throughout the game. But, like, I don't know what it was, but in that second half, like, I just felt like something. I don't think it was the play at the end of the first half. I, I just feel like something was off there. Like, Mahomes was sailing throws. Guys were dropping would-be catches. It just felt like everything was off offensively. And you saw the little argument on the sideline. Yeah, with Tyreek and McCole. Kelsey was kind of hanging his head. Like, the body language, I'm going to call it what it is. Something terrible. Looked, yeah, something looked – like, usually these guys are like, hey, we got to go. Greatness, bro. Like, that's that's not what it was. No. It, it looked like something was there. Something just – they. it looked like something was lost. And I, I hate – feeling that way and I, I thought I was hoping I was wrong about it but I just didn't get a good feeling in that second half well now we got Super Bowl 2022 Bengals and the Rams yay gotta take a break I'm gonna come out to you next Gino Jordan Bob and I got one phone line free we're gonna be here till midnight as your therapist talking Chiefs right here I still can't believe this crap 27 24 they fall to the Bengals this is 610 Sports Radio Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So they tell me there was a football game after the Chiefs game today called the NFC Championship. Did anybody watch that? Not I, said the fly. But uh, the Rams won. So now the Super Bowl is the Rams and the Bengals. The Rams, what'd you say? Start off as a three and a half point favorite? Three and a half point favorite the Rams are as a, a opening in the Super Bowl. I want to say the Chiefs would have smoked either one of these teams, but then again, the Chiefs scored three <laughs> points in the second half today against the Bengals, so it feels <laughs> a little they, funny saying that they right played now. like they did, if they played like, if they somehow happened to win that game and play like they did in the Super Bowl, I don't know about that. I love the text line right now from the 816. I swear y'all are starting to realize how toxic this damn fan base is. Okay, you're still a little upset. I get it. And then somebody asked a question about Bobby Witt Jr. They're like, you know what? I can't even talk Chiefs. I don't even know if there's going to be baseball I'm this year. I'm ready to move on. I don't even care if there's <laughs> baseball, but I want to talk about this. We don't this. even know if there's going to be like I normally this would be oh how about those Royals but we don't even know if baseball is going to happen this year because the the uh, lockout this is all we got people so late on the couch and let's talk about it together Gino's in Overland Park what's up Gino well I know how low everybody's feeling and I feel just terrible myself but I wanted to provide some words of encouragement here as I was sitting here trying to work through my misery on this I got to thinking and here's here's what I came up with if you, if you look at this in context, here's what we had recently in the last few years and this year. Here's what we had in Kansas City. We had a, a rollicking good time. We started out like just so terrible. And we ended up, we played three home playoff games where about almost a quarter of a million people got to go to that. We had two victories in the playoffs and we had two overtime games. In the last four years, we've hosted four championship games. No one has ever done that. We've won two of them and gone to two Super Bowls. And in the other two, we didn't get beat in regulation. We took them both to overtime and lost heartbreaking games. You know, here's the problem, though, and and your optimism is very much appreciated, but the problem is this. At some point, we're going to start talking about legacy. We're going to look back at the Chiefs, and we're going to try to compare them to the 49ers that decade. We're going to compare them to the Cowboys and the great teams in the history of sports. But to do that, you have to cash in. You can't just go to AC Championship games. Hell, you can't even just go to a Super Bowl, Gino. You have to win those things. And the truth is, through the first, what, four years, however long he's been the actual starting quarterback for the Chiefs, nobody has been more accomplished in the history of football at that position than Patrick Mahomes. But... You have to win those Super Bowls if you want to become the greatest of all time and have people talk about you and your legacy and all that. So your optimism is correct and it's appreciated. But also, when you look back at this tomorrow, it's not going to feel very good. When you look back at it next year, three years from now, when you get this close, in my opinion, you know, it actually hurts more. Well, am I still with you? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, let, let me let me continue on. Yeah, and please. I, and I get you, and I'm not, not denying in any way what you say, but here's what I'm – thinking, looking forward. Now, here's what we've got to look forward to. So here's, I'm talking to the disillusioned fans now. We're going into the offseason. We have the 30th pick. We have a first, a second. We have two third-rounders this year, which I don't think most people realize, but we've got the, the compensatory pick for polls. We have an extra third this year and another one next year. Mm-hmm. 
And if our management does as good this year uh, as last year, we will come out of this quite well. Also, something to look forward to, people may not realize this, but there is a legitimate chance that next year we're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers in the regular season twice, setting up uh, a rivalry the likes of a Cowboys-Redskins rivalry or an old Chiefs-Raiders rivalry that hasn't been seen in the NFL for quite some time. That really and truly could happen. I think that's about a a 30 to 40% chance of happening. We'll know within a few weeks that that's going to happen. But if so, that will be the most exciting thing to happen in the NFL in years. So I would say to everybody, just hang on. And uh, I think better times await and this team has so much to be proud uh, proud of, and we should be very grateful to have been the best place to be in the NFL in the last four years. And oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. What do they call the steps? Like the steps when you're like, you know, talking about yeah, the uh, recovery or what is it? The first one's denial. I the first like, one's denial. Feel, the steps of the the. The steps of grief, but uh, grief. Thank you. I feel like yeah. Gino skipped like one, two, and three, and he moved on to four. Right? Like I'm not. I'm not saying what he's pointing out is wrong. It's just I ain't ready to go there yet. I mean, I'd like to keep denying that this happened. <laughs> to be honest, I'd like to lie to myself and pretend like this didn't happen tonight. Um, have you ever worked just out to, real hard and you're like, man, I feel all right, and then you wake up the next morning? I've, I've actually been working out really hard the last couple of weeks. I'm doing like a weight loss challenge. So thing. you wake up next morning and you hurt more. Oh yeah, bro. No, the next. Imagine morning. what happens when people wake up tomorrow morning and they realize that the Rams are playing the Bengals. In it's the Super not Bowl. even going to be that. It's going to be I'm going to go to bed here in like three hours, and then I'm going to wake up at three in the morning, and I'm going to realize, oh, the Chiefs. For real. Like, that's going to be it. Because I'm always... You're going uh, to a cold sweat. Like, did that happen? I'm always... A, I wake up multiple times uh, throughout the night. So I'll wake up, and then I just remember something off. And I'm like, oh, God, that happened. You know, that's that's what's going to happen. Is I'm going to wake up at 3 in the morning, and I'm going to realize the Chiefs will not be playing in two weeks in the Super Bowl. you got to take some melatonin to go to back to bed when I, that uh, happens. I can't do that. It doesn't work. Uh, Jordan, me. you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Jordan? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what happened. Right. Uh, but... We're talking about Mahomes choking. It just seems like it's a weird time for him to choke after everything we've seen him do in the playoffs, from regular playoff games to the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy's basically walked on water his short career in Kansas City. And especially with the way the offense was playing in the first half, for them to come out and do a complete 180, I just – there's got to be something more to him just acting like he forgot how to play football, right? No, I'm I with you, Jordan. Write my mind around, and, and that's why when Chris and I go back and forth, like I, I always anything. Did the monsters get to him? Maybe, but when something bad <laughs> happens in football, like. when something bad happens in life, you try to like, what's the demarcation point? When, when, when did it happen? You know, to me, it happened at the end of the first half. The Chiefs could have gone up by what would that have been? Three plus touchdowns. If they would have scored a touchdown, I think it'd have been twenty ten. Yeah, so they would have been up by yeah. Yeah, three three possessions, points, right? So yeah. they went up by three possessions. I'm not saying it'd be over. We don't know how the league works. We have watched football the last couple of weeks, but you would have felt pretty damn good about it. Momentum going in the locker room, getting the kickoff in the second half, and then instead, it's like, wait, why would Pat make that throw? Why would Andy make that play call? Then all of a sudden, since he gets momentum, they stop the Chiefs coming out. Then they go down and score. They score again, and it just changed everything. So we're going to disagree with this one, Chris, for a long time because I think it's pretty obvious that. Patrick Mahomes looked totally different before and after that particular play to end the first half. I just, I just, if that's the thing that like ruined him mentally, then maybe he's not that mentally strong of a player. But we've seen him be so mentally strong as a player that 
that's why everybody's doesn't it's head scratching. That's, like, that's what how, I'm saying how? is like what? That's what I'm saying is like it has to be something more complex than just one bad play because if it just takes one bad play for him to be all screwed up mentally, then you is he that, is he really the greatest we've seen? Would you admit that he looked looked he acted did in the second half absolutely completely absolutely. different? I just think that it's like easy. We want to connect something like that because it's easier for us to be able to find a reasoning if we can like it's easy easier for us to be able to explain it in our minds because we, we want to explain it. Uh, we want to find an explanation for it. It's easy for us to explain it if we, like, connect those two things. Dude, the Chiefs were up 21-3 to with the football at Arrowhead, and the Chiefs have gone to the last two Super Bowls, and they were going up against a quarterback that was in his second year. Second year, first and second year quarterbacks at Arrowhead are 1-17 over the last decade. So everything pointed toward this was not going to be the conversation we're having until midnight tonight, but here we are, Chris Tenpenny, Chris Unocero on the Sports Machine. Johnny, you're coming up next on the other side. You got a couple of free phone lines. Let's talk about what happened. If you know, or if you think you know, 913-576-7610. This is extended post game on 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> Extended post-game coverage presented by Smokehouse Barbecue here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and all over the world on the Odyssey app. Produced by Chris Tenpenny with Chris Unocero. I am the sports machine, Sean Levine. We're going to go back out to the phone lines here in just a second. The number is 913-576-7610. You know what really pisses me off, Chris, is that you know somewhere in Cincinnati on some sports talk radio station, they're doing their version of extended post-game, WKRP, whatever the hell it is out there. And they're talking about the Bengals and this unbelievable comeback that they made. And they're not having any of this conversation about Andy Reid's bad play calling and Patrick Mahomes not looking like himself. They're talking about how Joe Burrow is the dude and how the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and they showed. They showed, yeah. They, they showed. showed. They made it to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't think he played great today, but, I mean, he played plenty well enough and he didn't for you wilt. to win. Yeah, he didn't win. Oh, no, yeah, very, especially at Arrowhead against a team like this. Everybody does. Yeah, so like I like, hey man, if I was a Bengals fan and I knew that my team might not make the Super Bowl consistently or be in the position that they're in now, I'd enjoy it as much as I can. So I, I don't blame them one bit. They they absolutely should be making this about uh, Joe Burrow and trying to have fun with it because hey, think about it, they hadn't won a playoff game in over three decades. What do you think their fan base's confidence level was when they were down twenty one to three at Arrowhead? Uh, they were like. Uh, we're done. Who are we gonna draft? So let's, look at, let's look season, at that huh? Mel Kiper mock draft. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's 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 what I would have been like if I was in that situation. Good for you, Bengals in the Super Bowl taking on the Rams in L.A. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Johnny is in North Kansas City now. Johnny's on six ten Sports Radio. What's up, man? What's up, Johnny? Johnny, good talk. Let's do it again, Johnny. Let's go out to uh, King. What's up, King? You're on six ten Sports Radio. Guys, this is my first time calling this station. Appreciate it, man. I'm a, fan. I'm a fan for 30 years. I'm from the Bronx, New York. I'm calling from there now. This is worse than the Marcus Mariota game. The worst. I've never seen this kid look that bad in my life. And Andy went back to Philadelphia Eagle Rant. Andy, you got to run the football, especially against this team. You keep the ball out of this guy's hand and control the clock and run it down. Why are you throwing a ball that many times for? Like he always did during his career. Andy is known for this. 
and it's unbelievable. Out from the Bronx, I've been cheering for this team a long time. I remember Snoop Menace and Sylvester Morris mm. and Rashawn Sheehy mm. and dudes like that. <laughs> so it's sad. I got to listen to all the nonsense from New York for these horrible teams they got here. And <laughs> to watch that today, and you've seen it coming, the play, not, and it's the, the play that they did did not go to the end zone was remarkable. But that's typical Andy Reid. It's, That's typical Andy Reid. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And thanks so much for listening. And thanks so much for calling in from the Bronx. We appreciate you, King. I totally agree with what he had to say. First, let's take about Andy. When Andy gets a lead, he gets conservative. And nobody can argue that. I'm not saying he's not a great coach. One of the best going first ballot Hall of Famer. But when he gets a lead, he gets conservative. And we've seen that even since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. And to his point about this one hurts more than the Mariota loss, Chris, to me, and I've been watching Chiefs games since I was seven years old. Bro, this one hurts as much as any of them. The Lynn Elliott one, the one that Alex Smith where the Colts came back because you didn't have this guy named Patrick Mahomes. You didn't have home field advantage in a bunch of those games. Like, man, this this one was bad. And this one, look at who's in the Super Bowl. Like, the Chiefs would have been heavy favorites against whether it was going to be the Rams or the 49ers. You were a seven-point favorite at home against the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of probably the most improbable win in the history of the franchise. That's what makes it hurt all the more is that it was on a platter for you, bro, and you screwed it up. Uh, I, For me, the loss to the Titans and Mariota wasn't that devastating because like, I remember at halftime being like, oh, this game ain't over. Like I'm like, I just, I predicted that they you would. also weren't the Super Bowl favorites. No, no. Like, Not even close. I mean, did, did any of us think that that chiefs team was a real contender Hell when they get no. to the playoffs? No. Hell no, no, we weren't like that. We knew that that cause we watched them in the middle of the season struggle offensively after they played so great the first five games. So we knew that that team was very mortal and we knew that they could lose a game to a team like the Titans because they weren't a great team themselves. Um, but I, I, this, this game hurts more than any loss that I've ever, uh, I've ever witnessed as a chiefs fan like this, because it's not just because like the way you lost it, but it's also because of the team that lost it because we know that this team is very imperfect, but we knew that this team was good enough to beat any team in the NFL except for the Bengals, except for the Bengals. And we watched them last week go toe to toe with, I think we we would all agree was the best team that they were going to play. Yeah in the playoffs en route to a potential Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and they did it in uh, unbelievable fashion. None of us thought they were going to win that game in, when they were down 13. I mean, when they were down with 13 seconds to go. And they went out there and they tied it up and, they, and then they scored a game-winning touchdown in overtime. And because of that, we thought that they would be amped, they'd be ready to go, and they looked like it in the first half. And then after that, everything just fell apart in the second half. And what's worse, now that you're talking out loud, it takes a little bit of a shine off that Bills game. If you would have gone on to win the Super Bowl, you look back at that and go, man, that was it. That that was the bridge that got us there. Now that was just a game. It was an awesome game, but, you know, you lost the next game. I was listening to – to Bink on the Chiefs pre network pregame show on on you know those six ten and one oh six five the wolf, our sister station. And I, you know, he said this very same thing is like you win a game like that against the Bills at home in the divisional round, the only way that that game becomes like real legend is if you get to the Super Bowl. You gotta cash in. You gotta cash in. Like when you have a performance like that, you gotta cash in and at least get to the get to the Super Bowl. The fact that they didn't this year 
it really hurts the shine, even though that was a great moment for Mahomes in this offense. But it hurts the legacy of that game because you lost at home to a team you should have beat, a team that you were favored to beat by seven. And up 21 to three. Yeah, And is, up 21 yeah. to three, and you let them come back and win. And had the ball at the end of the first half and had a chance to score, and you didn't. Got the ball at the beginning of the second half, you didn't. I mean, there were just so many things that could have happened. And, of course, once again, they didn't. Let's go out to Spring Hill. Troy, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Troy? Yeah, hey, guys. Um, hey, look, so a couple points here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andy Reid overthinks everything, and he he really just did not um, finish up the game tonight. He tried to play this competition, and uh, he just really didn't uh, – he really didn't rise to the occasion. But the other thing, guys, look, if you look at what Patrick did at the end of the game, um, Patrick, at the end of the game, played like he had never played before the Chiefs. He was the, uh, you know, almost an interception in the last drive and, and uh, overtime. And, uh, guys, look. Patrick, I don't know. Patrick blocked. He just totally blocked the end of the game. I think everybody can agree with that. It feels weird to say. It feels a little taboo because I've never said those words. I've said a lot of nice things about Patrick Mahomes. The only bad thing I've said is about when I asked him the question about the dog voice. I bet he has got a dog voice. He's just too cool to give it to me. But on the field, he's been basically perfect. Chris, the second half, he, he wasn't good. He was closer to bad. And then that last drive in overtime, man, this is one of the most clutch players that's ever wore the Chiefs jersey. One of the most clutch players right now in the NFL. But let's just call a spade a spade. That's not who we saw in the second half, and that's not who we saw in overtime. I, I how I feel about Patrick Mahomes right now is like I like, and I, I'm, I'm not a father. I don't have any kids. But like I, I imagine, I imagine how this would is you what it feels like. This is what it feels like when you catch your kid doing something <laughs> stupid that they're not supposed to do. Like that's how I feel right now about Patrick Mahomes. Like I, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. That's my guy. But the way that the plays that he was making at the end of the game were just they were dumb plays. Like the sacks he was taking, those are dumb sacks to take. Those aren't just like, hey, you can't take a sack in this situation. That sack almost cost them the Super Bowl. I mean, it, if, they, if I he mean, misses it the cost, field goal. It, it, I mean, eventually, it, I mean, you know, plays he made cost them the Super Bowl. But yeah, it almost did in regulation. But it was like there were dumb plays he was making. Not just, I mean, the the with the almost interception to Eli Apple in overtime. It's like, dude, you're Patrick Mahomes. Why are you throwing it behind Tyreek? And then eventually next play, Interception right down the field. Dude, you don't need 50 yards. Get a first down. You haven't been you haven't been able to get the ball down the field all game. Go out there and do something to just make sure we get the first down. And then after the game, he's like, oh, eight, to- eight times out of ten, I'll make that, I'll, I'll make that throw. I was like, bro, like that is not I understand, you know, Tyreek is a great receiver, but there are times when you take risks and there are times where you just need to go out there and understand the situation, understand what you are at that moment and make the play that'll help you win right now. Make the safe play that'll help you win. And I know somebody here on the, on the Jay Southland toe service text line is saying, well, they got to let them rip it more and throw down the field more. It's like, no teams are playing deep coverage. You got to be smarter in that mid range, short range. And that's not what they were in that second half. In the second half, when when the Bengals made an adjustment, they didn't adjust back. And that's the reason why they struggled. And Mahomes himself missing throws he normally hits. Uh, like I said, I just I feel like a disappointed parent. 
And I still love Mahomes. He's still my quarterback. Ground him. But I'm pissed at him right now. I'm pissed, and I'm going to be pissed for a little while. You you keep talking about throwing the ball. How about running the ball, man? They averaged, what, like six yards per carry? It was working out pretty good. I mean, they were – I mean, I will say this. I like when I, I do appreciate the fact that they were throwing the football because they're like, I, I think from Andy's mindset, not running the football, he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a situation where we just make ourselves predictable. I want to kill these guys, but the way they were doing it was just so wrong. And the fact that they were still running their offense the same way when the Bengals adjusted to what they were doing in the second half, that was the problem. It's me. crazy that Andy's such a good coach, but when he has a lead, he just takes his foot off the gas pedal. He's been doing this too long for people to come on post game that don't coach. And they're just fans of football to go. We've had a thousand text messages and a hundred calls saying, why would Andy do that? And I'm saying the same thing. Like, dude, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it broke at the end. Bengals win the game. 27, 24, your Super Bowl. the Bengals and the 49ers. Wah, wah, wah. Let's go out to Jim. In the North Bengals and Rams. Bengals and Rams. Hey, Thank man, you. What's I, up, Jim? You know, just just what you're speaking about. Yeah, I, I, you know, you were talking about disappointing losses. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to listen to the longest game. I mean, we had a Hall of Fame, uh, you know, the punter and our kicker. He missed a chip shot, and we don't smell a damn Super Bowl for 50 years. So you got to get it when it's uh, when it's there to get. Don't let go. But you know what the new narrative is going to be now? What's that? The new narrative they're going to put out pretty soon, and you're going to hear it, and you're going to be so disgusted, is that uh, Patrick can't beat Joe. I thought you were going to say fire Andy Reid, Chris. What oh, you, what, no, what, no. What oh, yeah, you said fire Andy Reid. I'd have hung up on your ass. <laughs> but I, I, do, I, I do agree with Jim. That's what they're going to say next year. when they Because they're going to play the Bengals again next year because division winners. We're going to hear that narrative. Oh, Joe Cool Burrow is two and zero against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, he is, but I'm we're not saying gonna, he's better, but it's not wrong. Like factually, he is. But we're gonna hear about it because that's what people want. They want that to be the case. So we're gonna hear about that until Mahomes goes out there and beats the Bengals, and that's gonna. I mean, we're it's gonna be annoying as hell. But they ain't lying. The Chiefs had choked two games away to the to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they have nobody but themselves to blame for one of those losses. And we gotta talk about that going forward because it felt very similar to the game that we saw just over a month ago. In in Cincinnati. But to your point about the young quarterbacks, none of these other guys have got there, right? Josh Allen hasn't played in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson nope. hasn't. Deshaun Watson. They, remember Baker Mayfield was talking. Come on, man. Like Joe Burrow is that dude. Now he's in the Super Bowl and one more win. He's got as many Super Bowl rings as Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah. And like that all of a sudden now it's Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, you know, who is, you know, who's the real goat here as far as the NBA, I mean, the NFL is concerned today. And you're, I mean, look, if, if, Joe wins in two weeks. All we're going to hear is he's the best quarterback in the league. They've right played now. twice. I'm not saying Joe's better. I'm just pointing out that they have played twice right. once here, once there, once yeah. in the playoffs and Joe won both times. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hear about it and look, we as fans are going to have to deal with it. The chiefs are going to have to deal with it until they go out there and beat the Bengals. And they put themselves in this position by losing tonight. I mean, losing today because they had an opportunity to finish that game and quiet any narrative that people could have had that this team isn't as good as the, as the Bengals are. And now 
if you're the Chiefs, you can't say you're better. Like I know Tyron Matthew after the game said, "We're you know we we're the we're still the best team in the NFL. We just didn't play like it today." Well, you know what? You don't have any credibility right now because you didn't win today, and you had a chance to win and you didn't do it. So uh, at the end of the day, results are the only thing that people remember. And those results right now don't work in the favor of the Chiefs. Good thing it's 60 and sunny out tomorrow because it feels like the sun's not coming up after I'm not a going outside like tomorrow. I I'm am, staying but inside. I'm still pissed off. we got to take a break on the other side. i got one phone line free. I'm coming to you, Johnny and Tyler, on the other side. Chris Unocero and the Sports Machine taking you up until midnight on extended postgame brought to you by Smokehouse Barbecue right here on 610 Sports Radio. session and I'm Dr. Frazier Crane. The Chiefs lose to the Bengals. Still can't believe it even though it happened what now? Almost five hours ago. Chris Tenpenny producing the action. Chris Unocero on the mic across from me. I'm the sports machine Sean Levine. Thanks to Smokehouse Barbecue for sponsoring extended postgame coverage right here on 610 Sports Radio. Phone line open till midnight. So is the text line 913-576-7610. I'm going to get to a couple of these texts. Uh, this one came in from the 816. I'm at work so I can't call but bro. These Bengals and Joe Burrow, don't they look just like us? We won the Super Bowl. Hot young shot at quarterback, wide receivers, Sammy Watkins is T. Higgins. I can I can kind of see it. I mean, if they go out there and win it, I'll definitely be agreeing. Yeah, but like it didn't like when the Chiefs won the AFC championship game, it felt like the coronation of them. Absolutely. It, it felt like, okay, these guys run the conference now. I this and maybe it's just because of my fandom, but it doesn't feel like that with the Bengals. It feels like this is more of a uh, a representation of what the Chiefs were in the game. I sort as of agree with you, Bengals. and I understand your theory, but they beat you twice. Like in the last yeah. two and a half months, you didn't lose to anybody yeah. except for one team. Yeah, but like I like I feel like like I, I still don't feel like the Bengals are better than the Chiefs. They were today, weren't they? They absolutely were. But I, even then, it feels more like the Chiefs are just worse, you know? Like, it's like they did everything they could to lose that game. When they were up big, and they had a chance to put it away, and it just felt like you left it there for the Bengals to You're going to wake up tomorrow like a bad hangover, bro. This is how you're still feeling about it five hours I'm later. I'm always going to feel this way about <laughs> this game, dude. Like I can't believe it, I man. Mean, I, I said last segment, I brought up what Tyron Matthew said, where he was like, you know, we're the best team, but we didn't play like it today. It's like... I, be, I agree with him, but that's just not the narrative that's going to come out of this game. And it's unfortunate because I do feel like the Chiefs are, would, if the Chiefs were to play in the Super Bowl in two weeks, I think they would be the better team than whoever they would have faced. Okay, fine. If you if you tell your boys that you're going to go out to the bar and you're going to bring home a 10 and you bring home a three, that's on you. If you want to keep calling her a 10, that's fine, but she's a three. Yeah. That's I mean, I, like I said, I, I mean, you can't, it's hard to argue with the results, but you know, I, I, I still feel like the Chiefs are better than the Bengals. You'll get there from the 816. Throwing no. to Demarcus Robinson twice to start out overtime is ridiculous. Or, Run the or, ball. or Dominic Robbins is that one caller on, on the Chiefs on the Bro, Arrowhead Pride Dominic Robinson show. or Demarcus Robinson. Or, I don't <laughs> care who it Dominic is. Dominic Robbins. Glenn McKinney. Robinson, the big dog himself. I don't care who it is. Don't throw it to Robinson when you got a guy called Travis Kelsey and this dude called Tyree Kill. Just a suggestion. Just throwing that out there. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's go out to uh, Tyler. Tyler, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, man? 
Hey, uh, I just wanted to say I agree with what everyone's been saying about running the ball more. I thought really from that second quarter of the Pittsburgh game until the end of this first half, I felt like, you know, the offense uh, really could do no wrong, kind of like, you know, a basketball team. We were shooting, you know, 15 out of 20 from the three-point line. Yeah. But I thought the uh, – I could kind of see a second-half regression coming, but I really feel like this was the game where we could have used that third uh, dynamic playmaker. Hold on real uh, quick, Tyler. How did you think that you saw a second – because Chris is kind of saying the same thing. How did you see a second-half progression coming if we agreed that against Pittsburgh, the offense was world beaters, they put up 40-plus. Against Buffalo, they were world beaters, they put up 40-plus. They scored on touchdowns on all three of their first three possessions. Like, how in the world? Are you Miss Cleo? How did you know something in the second half was going to completely go to crap? I, You know, just from this year's team, we, we just – I think in the back of our heads, we kept kind of thinking it was the, the 2019 offense and it just – you know, before we got on that run in the the regular season this year, it's just uh, they didn't quite look quite as dynamic. So maybe not seeing, you know, three points as their regression, but um, I just felt like this was this might have been that game we could have used the Sammy Watkins. And uh, also with, I agree, though, I was surprised, you know, there at the end, I would have liked to see maybe even Derek Gore get a chance when we had it down on the goal line or maybe even, you know, Kelsey out of the wildcatter. Here, here's what I thought. I didn't, I don't think they need to add a whole lot on offense. I don't think they need to change a whole lot. I just think they can't be dumbasses. That's it. Like, it's pretty simple. My girlfriend tells me all the time, just don't be a dumbass. And I'm like, I guess I kind of was. Somebody needs to say that because you're up 21 to three. You got a coach who wears a Super Bowl ring. You got the best quarterback in the league. It's not about weapons. I heard people calling in on Big Show earlier, and they're like, the Chiefs need more. There's not a lot of teams that have the best tight end and you could argue the best wide receiver and the best quarterback and, most of the time, the best offensive play caller in Andy Reid. I don't think that there needs to be a lot of change. I just think that it didn't work out today. Yeah, all this, like, they need another weapon talk makes my brain hurt. Right. Um, Look, you have Travis Kelsey. You have Tyree Kill. Both of those guys are thousand yard receivers. Sammy Watkins was not a thousand yard receiver here. He was at best a 600 yard receiver here with the chiefs. You have that with McCole Hardman, you know, Byron Pringle late. He came on late in the season. He was about what you would expect for mm-hmm. a guy like, like Sammy to produce. The problem was that your quarterback made awful plays or just didn't make plays at all when you needed him to. Like, I understand we want, like, what the Buccaneers had last year where you had Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and you have Leonard Fournette in the backfield. But, I mean, first off, it is hard to amass that amount of talent on your offense. In the first 10 quarters of the playoffs, the Chiefs scored over 100 points this year. You're averaging 42 points per game in your first two games. 42 42, and then you're and on you pace to do that. Pace you to had do it 21, again. and then you scored three. That's the part that I just keep struggling with. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You had enough weapons to score 21 points in the first half. You don't need more weapons. You just need to execute. You had the right better. players. You had the right play calls. You had the home field advantage. Everything was going your way until it wasn't, which is why I don't understand how you don't agree with me. And it's kind of starting to piss me off. I don't know exactly what happened, but something happened when the Chiefs didn't score at the end of the first half. It felt like body language got bad. The scoreboard didn't get any prettier. And then 
You know what these teams do, right? They defer so they can score at the end of the first half and get the ball in the second half, back-to-back touchdowns, and the Chiefs have done that a lot, then they bury you. Not only did they not score at the end of the first half, you thought that would be an automatic seven or at least three. They don't score to start the second half. Then Cincinnati comes down, and at that point, man, that's when I kind of started to see bad body language and think, I don't think the Chiefs are going to blow this game, but then the third quarter kept playing out, and the fourth quarter happened, and I still felt good. Right then, at the end of the game, Mahomes is taking silly sacks and fumbling, but then they still kick the field goal and they still win the coin toss. And overtime comes around, and I'm still feeling pretty damn good until now. I can't remember who they played. It was later <sighs> in the season, but it was I don't know, probably a couple months ago. The Chiefs played. I can't remember who, but Patrick Mahomes like had had McCole Hardman open. They were right. In, it was goal to go situation, and actually it was it was. I think fourth and goal, I think fourth and goal or fourth and one. And Patrick Mahomes threw a ball over to his left to McCole Hardman missed him. Just, I can't remember. Do you, either of you guys remember that game? Cannot remember who it was, but McCole, and he missed McCole wide open over there. Would have been an easy walk-in touchdown. Just missed him. And they, I, they didn't lose that game. Like they, this is not a team. I don't believe a one play situation is going to ruin the mindset of an offense as resilient as this. Especially with Patrick Mahomes. I understand when I say it out loud, like, it doesn't make sense, but you watched it, dude. I did, you but it's saw like, it. if this, if it, all it takes is one bad execu- executed play to completely throw them off of their game, how the hell did they get to this point in the first place? I don't know. Like, that's my thing. And that's why it's hard for me to just say that. Like, I understand we want to explain this because it's hard for us to fathom that Patrick Mahomes choked in a, a conference championship game. It's especially when up he was 18 up, at home. up 18 at home in a game you're favored by seven. Against a second-year quarterback. Against a second-year quarterback. It's hard to fathom it. And I understand that because I'm still trying to wrap my damn head around this too. But I'm just not going to go and say that one play ruined the mindset for an entire half of football. So much so that he takes bad sacks when you are in a goal-to-go situation. It wasn't just bad sacks, win Chris. The game. It was bad sacks. It was bad decisions. It was inaccurate passes. There was a lot of mistakes. It's not like he just did one bad thing in the second half where you're like, why did he throw that interception? Or why didn't he throw that ball away? Or why did he take that sack? Bro, he did all the above. Yeah. I mean, he's sailing balls to his, his running backs in the flats. So he's just th- basically throwing it to whoever's standing on the sideline. Took line. a twenty-yard sack that took it being a chip shot to tie the game to go to overtime to go to the Super Bowl to make it a forty-four-yard difficult kick. Yeah, that would have been on him. I mean, it's it's now two times in the playoffs where a defensive lineman's been able to tip the ball that he's thrown and, t- and turned into an interception. Now, like th- there's just I like I said I don't know what it is, but there's something about Mahomes. Maybe it's Mahomes, maybe it's Andy's play calling, but there's something about the way that they're calling plays that's starting to become predictable because we've seen it. Like you remember the Bills game week five when the Bills won the Super Bowl, um, Rousseau was waiting there in the flats to tip the ball up and the Chiefs were in the red zone. He tipped it, interception. That's points that they missed out on in that in that game. That yeah, they're not helped perfect, win. but that's hogwash, but bro. Like, they put up 42, 42, and 21 and a half. But, the offense no, is I'm, not the problem. But that's what I'm saying, though, is like there's – key mistakes that we're seeing that we we've seen them make this year that it's like, okay, 
what are they doing to adjust to the adjustment? Because it seems like teams are starting to figure them out. Because we saw it in that Chargers game, too, when they were playing in L.A. You had a key interception in the flats that the guy would have uh, been able to, to stay upright. He could have walked in for a touchdown. They scored on the next play. But we're just seeing teams be able to figure out what the Chiefs are doing and get key turnovers. And it just feels like... Like teams know what they're what they need to do to adjust to what the Chiefs are doing. And, you know, all year I preached adjust to the adjustment. And they did it in the first two games in the playoffs. And it just seemed like as soon as the Bengals put a spy out there, they had everything they needed to shut the Chiefs down. And it's just confusing to me. I mean, as good as this team is and the run that they went on the second half and the defense played well, the truth is they were down against Pittsburgh at home in the playoff game, right? They were down against Buffalo late in that game. Could have lost that one. And in this game, they put up three points in the second half. So as good as they are, I think they're going to win more Super Bowls. And Pat's going to end up with a fistful of rings. But I, they're flawed. And it just it, it wasn't good today. He choked. Let's just call it what it is. Let's go out to Chi-Town. Whoa, now, Mike, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, a couple couple key things here is we, Pat in the second half was was bad Pat from the first six seven games where he was greedy mm-hmm. and was and was not taking not taking the passes that were in front of him. You could see that on the all twenty two, like when they would go behind, you could see oh there was a guy open at the first down marker instead of at fifteen yards. The reason I think he got there, frankly, is all the success in the first half. Uh, I mean, he was slicing and dicing, and I think he wanted to get back to that. And I think, you know, I don't think he governed himself very well in the second half. Uh, and, and that's what kind of led to that spot. The other, because, you know, guys are open. The plays were there to be made. I don't know if people are criticizing the running game. They were running the ball on first down every time and getting four and five and six yards every time. I was really happy with the running game. It was second down when they were sucking it up in the second half. Uh, secondly, that whole defense is getting redone. Uh, I mean, when you look at all the guys that are bad contracts, big contracts, we need a defense that doesn't rank in the mid-20s so that Pat doesn't have to have all of that on his shoulders all the time, okay? It's too much pressure for this guy to constantly be having to score 31. Could we have a playoff defense that could hold him to 14 or 17 or 20? Like like that, I, I, Frank Clark, uh, where was he? Tyron Matthew. Did Tyron Matthew play today? Never saw him, right? So, uh, Anthony Hitchens, sorry, I, I'm an Iowa guy, but there's the, the whole defense is going to get a remake this offseason, and hopefully Beach is as successful with the defense remake as he was with the offensive line last year, and we got a defense that can, that can hold the line and not force the offense to have to score 30 and 31 and 36 points every time to win a playoff game. Good gravy. Lots of good points. Thanks, Mike. appreciate you calling in from Chi-Town. Um, as far as the defense goes, Ever since Patrick Mahomes got here, Chris, all I've said is the defense just has to be okay. They got to be aight. The offense can be all-time great, right? We saw him Pat's first full year, the MVP season, put up 35 a game. Then last year it was like 33. This year it was just under 30. Like, they, they can score. Defensively, this season, I don't really know what to make of it because it was a tale of three seasons, essentially. The first month, they were terrible. Statistically, they were the second-worst defense in the league. The last month of the season, same thing. They were a bottom five defense. But in the middle of the year, for like two months, they were a top five defense. Whether you want to go by run defense, pass defense, sacks, points allowed, whatever category you choose, the defense was pretty good. So I don't think they need a complete overhaul. I do think there's a couple of obvious moves. Like you got to spend a high draft pick. You got to spend multiple draft picks and rebuild the defensive line, kind of the same way you did the offensive line. 
And then with Frank Clark, I think that ship has pretty much sailed. So I, I will say this. I do agree with you. They're not going to rebuild. They're not going to do an overhaul of the defense. I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to. I don't. And I, and I agree with you on the point of they just need I defense. They got to be okay. They want a Super Bowl with the I defense. Yeah. They just need playmakers where it, it counts, and especially on that, on that, in that pass rush. Cause that's a problem when you got guys missing sacks in the most important game of the season. You can't have that. Like Chris Jones is too damn big to be letting guys. I don't care how big Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's a big, he's a big boy, but you, you are Chris Jones. You are a massive human being and you cannot let guys just escape from your grasp like that. That's that just can't happen. I was I'm wildly I'm impressed with, Burrow, bomb. with Burrow's legs. <laughs> Be careful there, buddy. With, with, <laughs> Burrow, with, with Burrow's legs, when he kept getting all those first downs when they needed to that critical drive, it reminded me a lot of Mahomes against the Bills, where it's like, look, this guy's he's, he's a downfield passer. He's got a big arm, but if he has to, he can run, and we saw that. Yeah, and and that and so I just feel like. You got to invest in your pass rush to make sure it's more consistent and maybe get you a, a corner. So you don't have to worry uh, about Mike Hughes killing you. Cause I, like I said, Mike Hughes, he, he can't be back on this team next year. Not, not after that performance last week. Like he's, he's been a, a target for teams and if Fitton can't go or if Snead can't go like Hughes is going to, he, he's going to hurt you. So they, I think they definitely have to invest in corner for sure, but I just don't see a, you're not going to get a massive overhaul from this defense because they you have so much money tied up in your offense already, and, and that's just this is just the way the NFL is created now. It's set up so that you really can only invest in making one side of the ball elite, unless you just draft so well that both sides are great. You really can only invest in one side of the ball at an elite level, and once you start paying your quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, once you start paying him a bunch of money that limits how many other guys you can pay. And so you really kind of have to uh, pick your spots as far as how much money you're investing there. That's the reason why the Melvin Ingram uh, acquisition in the middle of the season was so great for them because it was cheap. You spent a six-round pick. Like, are you going to turn a six-round pick into a guy who can do what Melvin Ingram did? Hell no. So I, I just feel like for me, there's not a whole lot they really can do. You obviously do want to bring back Tyre Matthew. I disagree with the the idea that he's – I mean, the, the Bengals didn't get, they didn't kill the Chiefs down the field like they did the first time. And I think we can uh, attribute that in part to, to Tyron Matthews' presence. But we've got to make sure that we're more sure-handed tackling in the front seven. And that's been an issue this year. And if there's anything I will say defensively, like scheme-wise, they need to change, they got to run a damn spy. Because teams are running quarterbacks are killing the Chiefs. We saw Lamar Jackson do it, and Josh Allen did it last week, and now we're seeing it with with Joe Burrow, and it really killed us. And like somebody has got like Andy's got to tell Spags, hey, run a damn spy because otherwise teams are going to kill us when it's third and medium and everything's covered down the field. Quarterbacks just going to run every time. You know who got sacked the most when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL this year, right? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. So, yeah, it's it's one thing to get in the backfield. It's another thing to, you know, tackle him. Yeah, tackle if, him. If you don't and he escapes for six and he needs five, they get a new set of downs. And I don't want to – it sounds like we're talking a lot of crap on the Chiefs. Let's give a little bit of credit to Joe Burrow. Let's give a little bit of credit to Cincinnati. They were down 21-3 to at Arrowhead. It was Joe Burrow's second-year quarterback against former MVP and Super Bowl champion on the road. Like, they did a lot of things right to win this game. Certainly the Chiefs choked it away, but Cincinnati did a lot of good things. 
I agree. Yeah, no, they. And, I don't want to give them too much credit, but they did. Yeah, let's not let's not give them. Too I'm much. trying to but say too much, but they did. Joe Burrow made plays when his team needed him to, and it coincided and at the exact same time that the Patrick the Chiefs, Mahomes was not yeah, making plays. Exactly. So, like, the thing is, is even if the team gives it to you, you still got to take it, and yeah. they took it, they and took so it. you got to give him his credit. Let's go out to Wichita, Kyle. You're on six ten Sports Radio. What's up, Kyle? Oh, I'm doing all right, guys. How are you doing? Today? All right, bro. What's on your mind? And we're getting through it. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. My main thing is I've been listening to the last few callers while sitting on hold and listening to you guys talk, and I think it was just a culmination of a lot of things, really. I mean, it could have been an execution from the homes. Like, it, I'm not going to say, like you guys said, it was not just one play, but I'll say that last play right before the half to Tyreek, that deflated a lot of fans. I will tell you that I had multiple family members at the game, I got a lot of texts like, oh, my gosh, this place just went dead. Uh, as far as revamping the offense, or not the offense, excuse me, revamping the defense, Clark's gone. I'll be surprised if Badger's back as much as I want him back, but I will agree with you guys. They need to do something on defense, basically almost if you want to think about it because of the way how the cap situation is going with Mahomes. We basically got to do what the Rams are doing and mortgage our defense to make sure that we can stay consistent, especially right now within this time while we have our key players on offense within the system. What do you guys think? No, lots of good points. I appreciate the call, Kyle, out there in Wichita, and I'm with you. It didn't just deflate your family members and a lot of the fans listening and watching at the game, but I think it deflated the team itself. Like, you saw them coming off the field, and Tyreek was a little bit pissed off at himself, and so was Patrick Mahomes. You know Andy was for calling a play that's so boneheaded. So I'm not saying that it came down to just that is why the Chiefs played bad or why Pat played horrible in the second half and made uncharacteristic mistakes. I'm just saying if you have to point the blame somewhere and say, you know, this is the crack that eventually broke the camel's back, whatever the hell the saying is, that's when I think the it straw, happened. Thank straw. you. That's when I, what do they say? Grandma, whatever. The crack. It's late, I think bro. you conflated it's too. It's 1042 and is, I'm pissed off. I, Leave me alone. I, I, I understand. I had, to, I had to drink a lot of coffee to be able to be in, in this level saying, of energy for this I'm time. Try, I'm night. trying to pinpoint, maybe trying to figure out where it went wrong, and that feels like a pretty obvious place to start. And I understand, and, and that's the reason why, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be mad at anybody for doing that. But I just feel like this team is mentally is too mentally tough for that individual failure to like be the the thing that snowballed into a loss. I just because like, look, we've seen this team give up a lot of leads before. You know, we've seen them do. They had an opportunity to run away in that game last week, and they didn't. Like they had, I mean, missed kicks, missed opportunities. You know, Tyree Kill, you know, gets them inside the 20 and then they blow it and only get a field goal. Like they have had opportunities to blow out a lot of teams and they find ways to screw it up. So I, I for me, it's like this is just who they are. Well, when there's a common denominator for something in sports or in life, don't you kind of look at it and you're like, that's the. Andy was the coach of those teams. Like when you get the lead, let's just call it what it is. Andy is great at building a lead and he's great at winning games. He's also great at making those games interesting for whatever reason. And honestly, that's what I felt like this was. I felt like it was chiefs had a big lead, right? little cute comeback by Joe Burrow in the third quarter. Oh man. Fourth quarter. They caught him in the two point conversion, all that, but it's all gravy, baby. The chiefs still have the ball and they still got timeouts. They still got Patrick Mahomes. They still got home field advantage. They win the coin toss. They get the fumble. It was all fine. I saw last week, same scenario, overtime, Buffalo, win the toss, move on. Greatest game ever. It's all gravy. And then it didn't happen, which is why I think it's so shocking. Like, 
as well as things have gone for the Chiefs, really since Patrick Mahomes has been here, right? It felt like I almost swore now. It all <laughs> the S hit the fan. All the S hit the fan, didn't it? And it flung everywhere in the second half. Yeah, and I and I think here's and here's my thing about that is like what it comes down to is Patrick Mahomes. Like at the end of the day, all the mistakes they make can they they can be rendered completely irrelevant because Patrick Mahomes goes out there and he just saves the day. Yeah, that's always. what he did last week. Always that's what he did last week. What are you supposed just, to do today? Exactly. And and like you know, somebody texted in like, um, you know, maybe we're putting too much pressure on Mahomes. It's like, look, man, like that's what happens in all sports when you have a superstar player. I mean, he's got pressure, but he also gets more credit than any professional athlete going Ex- today. Exactly. So like, when you play like this, you got to get the blame too, brother. Like when LeBron James choked against the Dallas Mavericks in his first year with the Miami Heat, he ate it. He got all the blame. And you know what? He deserved it. Yeah. Because that's what happens when you're a superstar player. And that's the reason why it ain't for everybody. Being a superstar athlete ain't for everybody. He also knows how awesome he is. Yeah. His highlights, his numbers and all that. He'll tell you, and hopefully tomorrow on this radio station, man, I didn't play that well in the second half. He ain't yeah, going to say he choked or anything like that. But well, He better say he choked because he choked. If he's looking himself in the mirror, tonight, <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, I, he, he knows he played like crap. He knows he made bad decisions. In, in his post-game press conference, he did wear it. He said, that's on me. This is on me. When you lead 21-3 in the playoff game, you should win. That's on me. So he did. he did own it. But, like, for me, it's like, now what are you going to do now that you've said, hey, this is on me? What are you going to do in the offseason making sure that every – because obviously we saw McCole, Tyreek arguing on the sidelines. No. What are you going to do to make sure those guys are on the same page? And it's not all on you, bro, but – But, like, you know, like, a lot of it's on you. Whenever a leader of an organization, whenever someone who is a leader, whenever there's anything under them fails, they're the one that's going to get the blame. As, like, if, if – a if you've got something that goes wrong at your workplace, you're in, and your manager is overseeing it, and, and it happens under their watch, they're gonna they're gonna have to answer for it. It may not be fair, but it is what it is. Here's and, how I cut the blame pie. Right, I'll give it three pieces. Patrick Mahomes gets a big ass piece, like half the pie, and then I'll give the second big piece of pie to Andy. It's a pretty big piece. I think that he's not complete. Like, there's a lot of stuff that he screwed up in this game, especially the second half and overtime, the end of the first half while I'm thinking about it. And then I'll give a little bit of pie, like a little sliver to the defense because, again, it was mostly the offense who only scored three points in the second half. But the defense did have opportunities when Cincinnati started cooking, started scoring, Burrow was going down the field, and it was a lack of tackling. That's it, wrap up and tackle. They couldn't do it. Burrow kept the plays alive and ultimately won the game. Let's take another break. On the other side, I'm going to get out to you, Johnny, and your phone calls right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is porn music? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's still the weekend technically, and it's almost 11 o'clock. Yeah, we have an hour left on our weekend, and then Monday starts. With John Holmes, I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and all over the world on the Odyssey app. Producing the action is Chris Tenpenny. We'll be here until midnight taking your calls and your texts. The Super Bowl is set, but the Chiefs aren't in it. I don't know why I sounded so excited. It's the Bengals, <laughs> and it's the Rams, damn it. Uh, 
the coaches are 36 and 38 years old, respectively. How about that? So yeah, you usually don't see co- uh, coaches that young. No. Usually, it's like it's a it's a late 40s, early 50s kind of game, or 60s in the case of Andy. Yeah, yeah, in the case of Andy. But like now, like, that was like more of an early in a early NFL thing, like the Don Shulas of the world, where they would they would get their coaching jobs in the early 30s because at that point, coaching really wasn't. Rumor has it Marv Levy was 200 years old when he retired. You know that, right? <laughs> These guys are 36 and 38. Shula, Sure, coached the Dolphins for like three decades. Yeah, he was 124 when he retired. Let's go out to Johnny. Johnny, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, man? Sean, John, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, bro. Just really wanted to talk about lack of execution. Agree with most of what everybody said tonight. Just really, you know, like if you look at everything we did, we abandoned the run. Um, if we look at everything from um, a high-level overview, you know, four punts on the night. We had a lot of similar games where we had that same statistics. Pittsburgh, uh, Denver, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota early on. Um, you know, we're pointing the finger at Andy Reid, but does this go down to EB? Does EB move on? Like, definitely don't agree that the defense needs an overhaul. Not at all. Our defense played outstanding besides the lack of pressure on the quarterback. Hate Joe Burrow. Really upset. Gonna gonna take a long time to recover this. Not ready for baseball season. <laughs> Just curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are on Andy Reid, EB, all together. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for staying up late with us, Johnny, and calling in. We appreciate you. First of all, knowing that the Chiefs had four punts in all those games is a ridiculous stat. Good for you. I had no idea. But it makes sense. As far as the run goes and abandoning it, I I don't know why they did that. Let's let's get to the crux of the question about Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy for that. Um since Andy's been here, there's certainly been games and moments where you can say he didn't help the team. Now it was early on, like I, it's been a while, but remember we used to come on every Monday and talk about clock management. We used to talk about, you know, maybe like you brought up earlier, his loyalty, you know, why would he keep this guy around? Why did he not play Mahomes instead of Alex? I mean, like there's a lot of those type of questions, Yeah. but we generally say, well, you can't get any better. He's a first ballot hall of famer. And he cashed in and won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So generally, you just bite your tongue. You're like, you know what? He ain't that bad. There was a lot of things today, I feel like, both for Pat and Andy, that were that bad. And we can break them down. we got a whole other hour. But it just feels like most of the time when you lose a game in overtime, you can point to one play. You can point to one call and say, that's, that's pretty much what happened. You know, man, if you want to say it was this or that or this throw or that turnover or this call or non-call or not running or throwing the ball in the field of play or taking it back, there was just so many different things that the Chiefs crapped the bed. Let's call it what it is. They crapped the bed. I can't blame Eric B because, I mean, we all know this is on Andy. Andy's he's the control freak. He runs the show. And – that's probably something that's kind of hurt Eric Bieniemy's uh, employment not status. Probably for sure. Everybody, know, everybody knows who the real OC <laughs> yeah. is. Not probably, yeah. but like it didn't matter because it was the same thing with Peterson and Nagy, even though they were calling plays. Yeah, like Andy had to get they had to get permission from Andy to do anything. But like, look, it's all on Andy because Andy's the one that controls the ship. Like, yeah, EB maybe could have said, "Hey, coach, let's do this." But at the end of the day, Andy's going to do what Andy's going to do. And, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame Eric because we, we know how the power structure goes. It's like blaming Brett Veach for certain players not working out. Like Andy runs the show there. Like 
Brett Veach ain't Andy's boss. It's the opposite opposite way around. Oh, right? Andy runs one area. Andy, he runs the entire organization. So, like at the end of the day, it all it all stops with Andy Reid. So let's not go out here and act act as if there's anyone else we can blame in that coaching staff or in the uh, on the offensive end or in the front office. That that's on Andy. Um, I will say this though, as far as and and I, I talked about this like last hour. We complain about Andy Reid not running the ball enough, but, like, this is what you get with Andy Reid. Andy Reid, one of the biggest complaints about him has always been that he does not run the football enough. And that's going to continue to be the problem every time they lose in a way like this because this is how the Chiefs play. So what do you do about that? Just say, well, he's good enough that you got to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, that's you won a Super Bowl with him, but at the no, same time. John's asking. But here's the thing also is that I like the fact that he's not going to just try to play keep away. Because I am, I am firmly of the camp of you step on their necks when you have the chance. And the problem is that for some reason, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's the, the strategy of throwing the football continuously. It's whatever, whatever plays he's calling or whatever adjustments defenses make, he doesn't find a way to adjust to that. And at the end of the day, if you can't adjust to the adjustment, now you're creating an avenue where you can have your opponent come back against you. And we've seen that happen multiple times, not just this year, but in previous years. It's it's a little bit of also taking somewhat the easy path. Like when the Chiefs had Jamal, what's the easiest way to score? Turn around, hand it off to Jamal. We don't have to get too creative, just do that. With Patrick Mahomes, you know it's a good way to win? Keep the ball in his hands. Yeah. So like... If people are saying, well, you know, the running game and all that, look, putting the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands is a good option. All I'm saying is if you're up 21 to 3, and if ball control at that point matters, and if you're averaging six points, six yards per carry, and if you got this guy named McKinnon that was an afterthought, but he's averaging eight yards per carry early on, you, you just you might want to give it a shot. That's all I'm saying. I, I think I'm more, no genius. I'm I, think, saying you might try it. I think more so like finding ways to get the ball in McKinnon's hands aside from just like handing it off to him. Because like when you take him out completely from the game when he's like one of the reasons why you were controlling the game in the first half, that doesn't make any sense. And then overtime comes around. We'll talk about that in the final hour of the show coming up. No, you don't look for Travis Kelsey might be a good option. Future hall of famer. You don't look for Tyree kill. You look for what's his name? Dominic. Dominic Robbins. Dominic. <laughs> according DeMarcus. to that caller. According to the caller earlier. Dominic <laughs> Robinson. Who the hell is Dominic Robinson? We got one more hour coming up right here on 610 sports radio. Staying up late with us, Chris Uno, Sarah, Chris Tenpenny on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine here for another hour. I'll keep the phone lines open, 913-576-7610. The text line is the same. We've taken a lot of calls and texts from all over the place. It's one thing to go out to Overland Park or Wichita, but we've taken phone calls from Chicago. We got a call from DeBronx. I'm looking at a text right now. This is from the 816. Hey, guys, listening in the gym at the, I believe it's the Aldafra Air Base in the UAE. Tough loss for sure, but all I can say is Joe Burrow does have ice water in his veins been a great season. Chiefs kingdom will be back Yeah, Joe Burrow. I mean, when it mattered most down 21 to three, I've seen a lot of second year quarterbacks at Arrowhead down 21 to three. And you know what happens? 
They lose the game 41 to three. It sounds like an oddly specific example. I'm just saying, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> You've seen in. a lot of them come in and they're down 21 three. I've seen a lot of second year quarterbacks come in in the arrowhead. Yeah. Yeah. And put We've their, t- and put their yeah. tail between their legs. It doesn't work out very well for him. And Joe Burrow to his credit, got down 21 to three and ultimately walked out of arrowhead with the win. Yeah. And that's, and, and, that was kind of one of the things that we saw from Patrick Mahomes as well, where like in his first year as a starter, he just seemed like a guy that had ice in his veins as well. And just Definitely. Didn't care about who he was facing. Didn't care about where they were playing. He was out there gaming and didn't like, act like a second year quarterback. Either. I know. And that's, that's the reason why this game hurts so much because he looked like a quarterback that didn't know how to handle that moment. And that, He's just the most like it'd be like I said, it'd be different if if they would have lost in a shootout and, you know, kind of like last week where like Joe Burrow just gets the best of yeah, you. Nobody's going to put that Bills loss. on No, Mahomes. no. Like if they would have lost that game to the Bills, like nobody's going to hold that. Like, hey, man, jo- Josh Allen was just amazing. Yeah. And your defense just gave up so many terrible plays like it happens. But when you have an 18 point lead and you allow a team to come back and you know, scored 21 unanswered and you have to get a late field goal in regulation just to tie it when all you needed was a touchdown to basically have a winning margin. It's, it's frustrating. And chronologically, Chris, it was happening at the exact same time. If you think about it, Pat was great in the first half, Burrow was pretty pedestrian. And then the second half when Mahomes didn't look like himself at all, you know, what Joe Burrow looked like Patrick Mahomes. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even say like he looked like Patrick Mahomes per se because it wasn't like he was like tearing up. I'm and talking about his confidence level, but confidence. I agree with you. Like confidence wise, he was definitely very confident and you know making plays with his legs when they needed him to. But like again, it just it feels like it was more so like just the choke. The Chiefs choked. Yeah, like Patrick Mahomes choked. Andy Reid choked mm-hmm. and the offense as a whole choked and they gave the Bengals an avenue to come back and win. And it's confusing because I think we can all agree that this chief's offense has not really had a, a, a moment where it looked like they were affected by kryptonite in a big moment, you know, a big game. It didn't look like it aside from that, that Buccaneer Super Bowl last year, which we know we can pin on the offensive line, but like this year you can't pin it on like uh, some, uh, crazy circumstance. What about like the Cincinnati? What about the Cincinnati game a month and a half ago where they beat you at their crib? Well, referees, but okay, like, fair I, enough. I, I, it's like this time around, you can't pick, you can't say referees. You can't say injuries. Like it has to fall on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the rest of the guys on an offense that didn't execute. It is. It is more frustrating though, to think that over the last two and a half months, you've beat every team in the NFL, AFC, NFC, your place, their place, playoffs, whatever. And the same team has beat you twice. And not only the same team beat you twice, Chris, they kind of beat you the same way twice. Yeah. I mean, it basically seems like they're your kryptonite now. And like, that's what we're going to hear now. That's going to be the narrative until the chiefs beat the Bengals. The Bengals have your number. Can you beat them? Like next year when they play the Bengals, which they do, which they do because division winners, we're going to hear can Patrick Mahomes beat Joe Burrow? Hey, the same question was asked about Lamar Jackson when he played Patrick Mahomes twice and couldn't beat him. So it's only fair play, right? Like, I think I, I would take Patrick Mahomes a million times out of a million times over Joe Burrow. That being said, I do think Joe Burrow is probably the second best young quarterback in the league. And I basically thought that all year. I've come around to it. Either way, Joe Burrow today played better than Patrick Mahomes. And that's why his team won the game. Right. None of that stuff matters. Who's going to go to the Hall of Fame quicker? Who's going to have more stats and more Super Bowl rings? We're talking about what happened a few hours ago. 
We're talking about for 30 minutes of football. Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Zach Taylor outcoached Andy Reid. And now the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. When you were a seven-point favorite, had a 21-3 lead, and you were at home. Yeah, and it, it that's the reason why. Like, I mean, and it sucks because the Chiefs aren't going to have a chance to redeem themselves until next year. Like, you're going to have to sit. You're going to stew on this all offseason long. Not that I care, but who do you like in the Super Bowl? Set of curiosity. Now that we know who it is, the Rams. The Rams. I mean, to be honest, I I want the Rams to win only because I want to see OBJ win so he can piss off Cleveland fans. I don't care about the Super Bowl. That's, I really no, don't. I don't, I don't care. I, this is probably the least. Just because, and maybe it'll be different a couple weeks from now. No, this one's gonna take a while. Maybe a couple weeks from now, I'll be a little bit more interested. But right now, I just cannot fathom caring about this Super Bowl. I don't care about the Pro Bowl next week. Like, I just, I'll, I'll say this: if Patrick Mahomes plays in the Pro Bowl next week and he plays well, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. I'm like, where was this a week ago when we needed you to play this way? So I hope he just doesn't play so I don't have to think. I will not watch the Pro Bowl. I will not watch the Super Bowl. I'll probably have it on. I'll I'll have it on and I'll watch like YouTube videos on my phone. But, but, you know, so I'll like, I won't really watch it, but I'll watch it. Like y'all were watching the NFC Championship game like it mattered. I was, who cares? Like, did the Chiefs not just completely crap the bed in the second half against the Cincinnati Bengals? But again, credit where it's due. So, Spinning the wheels for because we've taken a lot of text, Chris, all day and phone calls of people saying, here's what they got to do, right? You got to fire Spags. You got to revamp the D. You got to get another weapon on the offensive side. I know this isn't going to be innovative, probably not even that interesting, but I don't think they need to do much of anything, man. I think they were probably the most talented team in the league, certainly top three. I definitely think they're more talented than the Bengals. They had a better record than them. That's why the game was played at Arrowhead. For people that think that the Chiefs need to completely break this thing down and build it back up, I don't see it that way at all. I Yeah, I, I mean, you look, you had a team that was good enough that in a down year, you still finished tied for the best record in the conference. Had home field advantage at the crib and were a seven-point favorite heading into it. Ain't yeah, that bad. Like, you basically had home field because Titans lost. Like, so, and, and you know, we got this text from, like, uh, Jesse Inman from uh, down in the Ozarks, and he was asking the same question. And I feel like... At this point now, if you're the Chiefs, you need to try to get as gross of a, a of a well of you know like a, a gross of a well of talent as you possibly can. So you need to do what the Buccaneers did when they won the Super Bowl last year, and they just had like too many weapons for Tom Brady. Like now, you need to, and I don't think you need to, but I would really like if they were to go out and get themselves another wide receiver. Like at this point now, we know what McCall Hardman is. And, you know, that ain't that ain't it like that's not a guy we can trust. In hindsight, did they miss Sammy Watkins? I don't know, because he's always hurt. I mean, he was hurt a lot this year, too. So, like, I don't know if that's that's I don't know if that's the guy. You Sammy miss. Watkins, in theory, a healthy guy that does that, you know, 700 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, if you had a reliable guy that could put up the kind of production that Sammy did, I would agree. It with sucks that. that it's not Hardman. Because we're going to be heading into year four for him next and year. Like, come on, dog. Physically, as a talent, he should be much better than what he is. And and so that is, that's very sad. But I, I think what you need to do is you need to make sure that your pass rushing talent is as solid as you can. 
because you absolutely have to be able to get to quarterbacks. You cannot have the inconsistency that we had in the pass rush this year. You can't have one sack against Joe Burrow. Well, I don't know where sack, you think it's coming the from. The most sacked quarterback in the league. You got to find something. You got to pay somebody. You got to trade for somebody. I mean, look at the Rams. Like the Rams didn't need a pass rusher, and then they traded for Von Miller out of nowhere. The problem is if you spend that money. Then it has to work out better than Frank Clark because you could really set yourself back. Oh, I mean, you don't. You're not like you're not doing a Frank Clark kind of. Deal. I'm not talking about that much money. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I don't think you go out and get a guy that you're gonna like have for like a while. You're this is like a one year rental type, kind of like what you did with Melvin, and maybe Melvin comes back. Bro, you really lucked out with Melvin. There's no way they thought trading away what was a six round pick for that six dude? round. And he's maybe gonna turn did. out to be this good. Maybe, maybe they did. You know, I mean, look, they wanted him in the offseason. He chose Pittsburgh, and then he was like, yeah, no, I made a mistake. I want to go to Kansas City. So, like, you need to make sure you get a consistent enough pass rush so that you don't have question marks about where where you are defensively getting to the quarterback. And then I think offensively, maybe see if you can go out there and do what they tried to do last year when they tried to get a Juju Smith-Schuster, which is their attempt to have this gross level of talent on their offense that nobody could keep up with them. If they can do that, if they can get someone of that caliber next year, all of a sudden now it's like they look like a super team. And I think if you're the Chiefs and you know that you have a quarterback as great as Mahomes and you know you got Kelsey and Tyreek, you want to try to do get as close as you can to build that super team in the NFL. The problem with that is those guys aren't readily available. Like, yeah, Juju was in the offseason, but if you want to talk about a possession wide receiver that's going to get that has a capability of getting you a thousand yards and finding the end zone seven or eight times, I, generally there's like two or three of those guys available in the offseason. They go pretty quick, and then if you don't get one of them, you keep messing with Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringles of the world. And clearly, look, the Chiefs have plenty of pass catching options. Do they need another one? I think we probably saw the answer is yes. I don't, I don't know if they it's It'd be not, nice to have it's it's not yeah exactly it's not a need no it's not a need but it's a nice to have and like that's the thing about this and that's the reason why you want to I, I think you should do this try to go the super team route because it's not that you need it to succeed because obviously had they delivered in the second half we'd be talking about the Chiefs going to their third straight Super Bowl the problem though is that we know how football works and sometimes football happens and you get a team that chokes you get a team that should be playing well that doesn't because game plan, you know, things like that. And in order to ensure the best possible chance you have to succeed, you need to get as much talent as possible sometimes. That's what we see from the the uh, the the Rams. Like when the Rams got OBJ, they didn't need him. Now the next day they did because Robert Woods got he tore his ACL. But when they got OBJ, they did not need him. Did you see him today? Oh yeah, he, he went good. nuts. He was good. And it's kind of nice to have that guy exactly. when it comes down to this round. And that's why you want to get a guy like that. That's why it would have been nice to have him. And, you know, if he would have considered Kansas City, it would have been great to have him. It's here. a weird scenario, though, because you, the Chiefs are okay without him. But every now and again, the offense goes stale. And that's when you need another option. We saw three or four games this year where the Chiefs went a couple of quarters. It was second and third quarter, third and fourth, whatever it was, where they didn't score a touchdown. Kind of like the second half of this game. And the offense is so good. It's so weird that in the same game, you could put up 21 points, touchdown, 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 basically have your way on the side of the ball, and then something happens, the play at the end of the first half, the halftime speech, whatever the hell it was, and then you play two more quarters in overtime, and you can only put up three? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Luke is staying up late with us. He's in Overland Park. What's up, Luke? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, bro? Hey, and you guys might 
Call me crazy. Call me dumb. I don't know. Go ahead. I, but I think Tyreek Hill, if we can find somebody, I'm not saying get rid of him, but maybe start eliminating a role if he comes back out next year, kind of how he uh, did this year, deflecting balls to defenders, uh, letting it hit him in the helmet again. I don't know. Mm, I I don't think that Tyreek – I don't think that – I don't think Tyreek Kill's going anywhere because what? I think that Tyreek Kill's probably the best wide receiver in the league or top three. Is he perfect? No. Was what? he perfect today? No. But I don't necessarily think that that's the <laughs> no. issue. I'm trying to be nice about this. What was that? Look, it's late. Look, he's upset. I, he's probably been drinking a little bit. I can't maybe, blame him. Maybe we appreciate just, you calling us, Luke. Look, man. I'm going to just chalk it up to it's 11-15 on a Sunday night after a devastating playoff. Like, if you still think that 24 hours from now, Luke, you need some help. I'm going to be upset 24 hours. Now I guarantee it. Yeah, but if you still think that. because like I, I guarantee I, Wednesday look, night comes around. I get up to go to the bathroom like I do twice a night. I got a small bladder, I think. Look, and I'm going to be thinking about this. I won't be able to get back to sleep. I'm pissed at Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not talking about any silly stuff like no, that. I ain't talking that. Like, no. Tyreek Hill is absolutely a top five receiver in this league. Maybe top three. Uh, but, look, I understand he makes mistakes. Kelsey makes mistakes. Kelsey has a lot of key drops. In a lot of big games, we're not talking about getting rid of him. So, and he was also one of those guys that was tipping balls up, or he and he did this a lot too, where he would catch it and then he fumble it. And we saw that happen in multiple games this year. It, look, I understand mistakes are made, but those guys are him and him and Tyreek are ultra reliable. You're not getting rid of reliable people just because they make mistakes every. So now. we're pretty much willing to have any conversation between now and midnight, except for fire Andy Reid, yeah. Patrick Mahomes no, sucks, get no, rid of Tyreek no, Kill, yeah, no, and Travis Kelsey. That's exactly, silly. that's silly. Anything nah, else you I want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we'll talk about anything else. I'll even entertain fire spags, though I disagree with it. Uh, so you mentioned the name Tyrone Matthew. You've got some audio from him. He was very emotional after the game. We'll play that coming up on the other side, and we'll take your phone calls. I'm talking to you, Jake, and I got a couple of lines free. Coming up next, extended post game right here on 610 Sports Radio. Look, I get it. It's Sunday night. You want to go to bed, but you can't because you're still upset. So I appreciate you joining us here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and all over the world on the Odyssey app with Chris Tenpenny producing the action, Chris Unocero on the mic next to me. I'm merely the sports machine, Sean Levine, taking your calls and texts up until midnight, trying to figure out what the hell happened together. Coming up in a couple of minutes, you're going to hear from Tyron Matthew. He's pretty emotional after the game. I think that he's, I don't know, what, are you leaning toward he ends up I, I back with the Chiefs. I or? think I I mean look, he really wants to be a Chief. And we'll play the audio here. He's very clear on that. He really I mean, he's made it clear all year. I know there's been some tweets and whatnot, but like I, I think he really wants to be a Chief. I agree. And I believe the Chiefs really want him here. And I just think it's a matter of age. I think, you know, he's like I think he's thirty now. Yeah, thirty. And so they're like we're not 100% confident that we should be paying a 30-year-old safety, you know, eight figures a year. So I think for them, it's it's a matter of dealing with that aspect of his contract. I think they need to. I don't think they can mess around with this one. Like, I understand he's 30 and he's not the player he was a couple of years ago when he got here. But as far as the culture goes and the leadership, like, imagine if he's not there. I actually still think he's a really, really good player. I do too. And I also think that just from a, a leadership standpoint, a guy like him is important to your defense. And for a team that is not in a position where you're going to have an elite defense, 
because you spent so much money on your offensive side, you want to have a guy like him who can lead some of those kind of middling defensive backs. You need to, not yeah. want to. I think you need to. I think I think I think I agree with you. I think they they kind of need to. So he wants to be there. I think they really want him here. I think they're going to get something done. At the very minimum, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna franchise him. But like I, I really hope for him. For I mean, he's like I said, he sent every message possible that he wants to be a chief. And I think with his play, and we saw it last week when he wasn't in, their secondary was terrible. I think he's shown his value to this team. I think you got to pay that man. For what it's worth, the fan base adores that guy too. For a guy that didn't start here. I mean, some people hate him because, you know, they hate just to hate. But, like, dude, Tyron Matthew is, like, one of – he's the one of the most important leaders on this team, and he is a gamer. I think he's, he's a guy I, that, that – he he comes to play on Sunday. I think he's a ring of honor guy. I think he's a borderline yeah. Hall of Fame guy. He's got that one ring. One more ring, and I think he's in. But we'll see. Hopefully he's here in Kansas City. I think I think his – especially here in Kansas City, I think he's good enough that you can make a pretty good case for him being He was really fame. emotional after the game. We're going to play that in full coming up in just a couple of minutes. But right now, let's go out to Jake in Kansas City. Jake, you're on 610. What's up, man? Good evening, Chris. Good evening. Um, Machine. Good Machine. evening, brother. Uh, I just want to start off by telling y'all how much I appreciate you, everyone else at that radio station that you grind and you dedicate your lives to making us have a spot to come and have like-mindedness and be able to vent after times like this. Um, I'm an old fan. I watched all this football before Pat got here. So um, when he got here, we picked up a big fan base. And I think a lot of them are taking this pretty tough right now. Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing is we need to just make sure we appreciate what we've been watching these past at least four years. And I mean, really, this few before that, too, since Andy's got here. Um, one love to the kingdom. Uh, we will we will come back stronger. Everybody knows that. As for the Tyron Matthews situation, he's going to sign an extension. There's no way we can let him walk. Like I said, one love. And I'll listen to y'all out there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you staying up. Appreciate you calling in. I feel the uh, hurt in your voice. I feel the same way. Thank you for the kind words, although Chris and I, we're just, we're just talking sports. So we have no problem doing that. Um, as far as the Tyron Matthew audio, Chris, he was pretty emotional after the game when he was asked the question if he wanted to be here. But like you said, sometimes with a relationship or a marriage, whatever it is, if both sides want to be there, then it seems like more often than not, it works out. So I think that ultimately that's what's going to happen here in Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like I said, it's just a matter of the Brett Veach and the chiefs answering the question. Do we want to pay a 30 year old safety eight figures a year? And I understand if they're a little apprehensive about that, because typically now once you get in your thirties at that position, you're kind of worried. How long is this dude physically going to be able to do it? But look, man, these guys are so like he's such an important part of this defense and these guys need him so much. You can't look, look, if he wants to be here and you want him to be here and you don't really have the means to go out there and just get another player of his caliber easily, you might as well just bite the bullet and pay him. Even if a couple of years from now, it kind of hurts you. Tyron Matthew after the game when he was asked if he wanted to stay here in Kansas City he had a pretty long and emotional response to that question. Hey Tyron, um, can you give us a sense for what the locker room's like right now and if you had any conversations with people just as being as one of the leaders in that room? I mean, obviously, you know, um, deflated, uh, you know, be a good word to describe it. Um, 
you know, um, obviously it's been a blessing. You know, I've been in this league nine years and, you know, uh, you know, not all the time do you have a chance to play for championships and, you know, play for Super Bowls, you know, to hang banners, you know, to, to, to make the city proud. And, you know, obviously we, you know, fell short today, but, um, you know, it's a lot of good to, to look back on. Um, you know, we won a lot of football games. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the last two losses, you know, that we've had in the playoffs, um, you know, it hasn't really been our standard, you know, and, um, but I'm proud, you know, of, of, of the way we continue to fight, you know, throughout the season. Um, you know, I'm proud of the way we stuck together. I'm proud of our coaches, you know, in the way that they continue to, you know, take bullets for us. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's a lot of good, you know, to, to, to think about, uh, obviously, you know, I'm grateful, you know, for the opportunity, but, um, I think anytime you come up short, um, and you know, you could be better, you know, it's, it's obviously deflating, you know, let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron. Um, I know you weren't involved with pass rush much, but, um, I was wondering about Joe Burrow. I mean, you guys have played against him twice now. Um, he's been kind of a, not a real mobile guy, but a little bit elusive. Is he more difficult to, uh, to bring down than maybe you would think? Well, I think he's a smart quarterback. Um, you know, and I think obviously, you know, um, he's not geared to run around. He's not geared to, you know, get 60, 70 rushing yards a game. Um, but I think, he, you know, he's a smart player. He's a smart quarterback. And I think, you know, within certain schemes or certain coverages, um, you know, there is a window, you know, for the quarterback to run the ball. And, um, you know, hats off to him. Obviously, this kid studies a lot of tape and, you know, he has the instincts to go with it as well. And, you know, uh, he made a couple, you know, third down, you know, scrambles today that, you know, kind of lifted their team, you know. And I think for us, you know, anytime you can get off the field when it's third and six, third and seven, you know, third and long, um, you just got to you got to dig deep and, and, and try your best to, to just get off the field. But. You know, uh, just felt like those guys made a little bit more plays, you know, than us today. The last two, we'll go Todd Lebo and Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Lebo. Hey, Tyron. The standard you guys have set here has been incredible the last couple of years, making the Super Bowl and all that, and losing it at overtime at home in the FC Championship is no shame in that. But how do you, how do you characterize this season? I mean, do you call it a failure if you didn't make it to the Super Bowl? Um, I, I think, you know, the, the immature, you know, person in me would probably say, you know, we failed. Um, I think the bigger person in me, you know, realized that, you know, these things aren't always possible, you know, and, you know, for us to start the season the way we did and, you know, for us to kind of claw our way back out of last place, you know, put ourselves in first place, you know, uh, you know, give this city, you know, home games where, you know, they can come out and be a factor. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more so just proud of, you know, the, the guys that I work with, the coaches that I work with. And um, so for me, uh, that's kind of, you know, um, sort of gratefulness comes into play. You know, you just have to be grateful for certain experiences, you know, um, certain challenges, you know, um, things that you know, you know, can can bring out the best in you, you know, uh, in the future to come. So, you know, we got a lot of motivation, you know, um, and, you know, I know it's a lot of guys in that locker room that, 
you know, they, they're going to take this offseason personal, you know, to really get better um, because we do feel like we're, we're still the best team, you know, uh, in the NFL. But, you know, the best team doesn't always win. You know, it's, it's the team that, you know, uh, plays well and makes the plays, you know, that day, you know. So um, I'm, I'm just extremely proud to, to come to work with these guys. We'll last to Todd Palmer. Go, Todd. Uh, hey, Tyrone, I, I just was curious, how, how frustrating was the second half? Because in some ways it seemed like a mirror image of the, the game, week 17 game at Cincinnati where you guys race out to a big lead and then, uh, you know, late in the second or second quarter and, you know, it kind of starts to slip away. Was that – were you guys getting frustrated and, and did that previous matchup seep into your mind at all? No, I think every game is different. You know, obviously it was, you know, some motions and, you know, certain moves of the game kind of, you know, made it feel like, you know, week 17, but I think every week is different. Um, you know, I thought we came out today. I thought we, you know, we played up to our standard. Um, obviously in the second half, um, you know, credit to those guys, you know, they made the, they made more plays than us. And, um, you know, uh, you can't always control, you know, what the other team is going to do. Um, but, you know, obviously it was a lot of plays out there today that, you know, we all feel like, you know, we, we could have been better or we left out there. So, uh, you know, I, I think more importantly, you just have to continue to, to dig deep. Um, you know, this is another great challenge, you know, for this team, for this organization to, you know, continue to push forward, you know, and to continue to represent the AFC, you know, to continue to represent this division, you know, and I, I know that they can do that. That is Tyron Matthew, obviously a little bit emotional after the Chiefs lose to the Buffalo uh, the. Uh, beat the Bills, actually. They lost the Bengals today, 27-24 to 24 in overtime. We'll be back on the other side to talk more about Tyron Matthew, what we just heard, and what moves we think the Chiefs either need to or not make coming up this offseason right here on 610 Sports Radio. I want to say what's good with you, but I'm pretty sure the answer is not a whole lot. <laughs> you know, if you watch yeah. the Chiefs game, it it happened five and a half hours ago. It ended, but to me, it feels like about five minutes ago. Still a gut punch. The Chiefs fall in overtime to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals move on to the Super Bowl to face the Los Angeles Rams. I'm here with Chris Tenpenny, Chris Unocero. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Chris and I were kind of playing GM with each other during the commercial break, talking about the Chiefs needs once and possibly who's actually out there. Let's start on the defensive side. We both agree that the pass rush lacked today, lacked a little bit as the season went along. And we agree that Chris Jones will be back. He's under contract. Jaron Reed's going to be back. I've got a star next to these two other guys. What do you think happens in the case of Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram? Are they back? I think Frank is back. I think he does the Sammy Watkins situation where he takes a pay cut to stay with the team. Like Frank wants to be we here. We can't give you 20, yeah. but we can give you seven. Yeah, Frank wants to be here. I, he said in post game, like he bought a house. He, you know, his daughter's going to school here. Like he really, 
I think he's invested here. I think he really wants to be here. I think for him, this is home now. And so I, I, I really do feel like he wants to be a chief and he'll do what he can to be here. If you can get him at a discount, a la Sammy, I'm fine with that. The same way I was with Sammy. Like, if yeah. you're paying him 20, I'm pissed. If, if you're paying him 8 or 10, fine. If you can get him down to, like, basically what it would be to cut him, I think that, I mean, because you save, you save a lot of money if yeah. you do that. I think that is where you are if you're the Chiefs. You can you can keep him and you could pay him essentially what you would pay him anyways if you cut him. Like that would be great because I do think he has a place on this team. He I just don't think he want you want to be a guy. He wants you don't want him to be a guy that you have to rely on every down. I think if he's healthy, you can rely on him. But I, I, you know, we know he's not healthy all the time. You want to and hit the nail on the head. Like, you don't have to go too deep into it. He's Sammy Watkins. He's expensive. Yeah. He's injury prone. But when he's on the field and active, yeah. he's pretty damn good. Exactly. Like, he's he's when he's on, he's on. But the problem is he's not on all the time. He's hurt a lot. So you need to make sure that you get him to be a rotational guy at the very least. And so you want him there. And then obviously the other one, Melvin Ingram. Um, look, I like Melvin. Everyone here likes Melvin because he really helped the pass rush. I think that it's probably best for them if they try to do what they can to bring him back. I think he's like 32. He's 32. So you don't have to spend. You're, he's not going to command a ton of money. 32-year-old pass rushers ain't going to command that much damn money. And it seems like he really wants to be a chief. So you bring him back however you can. But I think the Chiefs also need another rotational pass rusher because I don't think Frank and, and Melvin are every down guys. So get another rotational pass rusher. So you're not having to rely on Mike Dana and uh, Alex Okafor and guys like that to, to give you a pass rush on the outside. What was the dude's name that ended up on the Dolphins? Remember? Um, oh, dude, Emmanuel Ogba. Dude, I wanted them to bring him, him back. He was so good. So dude. good. He was so good. He was good. good this year, too. Look at his numbers. Yeah, he was good the last two years He's in Miami. Good. He's, He's like legit. Really, I was so pissed when they let him go. because That's what for, they need. Because for a while there, Emmanuel Ogbo looked like the Chiefs' best pass rusher before he got hurt. Sorry, sir. I can't remember your name, but you're really damn yeah, good. We can use was, you. He looked really good up until he got hurt. I think that was 2019. Yeah. I really wanted them to bring back Emmanuel Ogba, but instead they brought back Alex Okafor and they let Ogba. And, and part of it was because he got a really good offer from Miami, but I wanted him back so bad because he looked like he was going to be a very, really strong edge rusher, and he has been. So I think they need pass rush. Do they need another pass catcher on the offensive side of the ball? No, it'd be nice to have. I mean, you could certainly upgrade after you go through Kelsey and Hill, Byron Pringles. Okay. But you know, whatever, same thing with Demarcus Robinson. I still don't know why they target him a couple of times in overtime. We were looking at the free agent wide receivers. Look, there's not going to be a ton of money to spend at that position. There's some names out there. Do any of these wet your whistle? You got a Juju Smith Schuster. They flirted with that he's, last he's year. Not gonna sign here. Will Fuller, Allen Robinson. I don't think they've got the money for the top guys like a Goblin or Devontae Adams. So it's no, going to come down no. to like a like a Will Fuller, a Jamison Crowder. Like those are the types of guys that make sense here next year in Kansas City if you're talking about a third pass catching option because as good as Kelsey is and as good as Hill is, that's a pretty big drop off to the next guy. Yeah, and it's more so reliability. Like that's consistency, the, yeah. Yeah, that's the issue that you have with the Pringle, with the McColl, especially with DeMarcus is reliability. They're fine until you really need them. Yeah, like Sammy was good because you could rely on him when he was healthy. 
you knew that Sammy was one of those guys that could take over a game if you needed him to. The problem is you don't know if you're going to get that from McColl because, you know, McColl's too busy arguing with Tyreek on the sidelines. And, you know, then you, you know, then you got DeMarcus and DeMarcus is always running backwards every time he touches the football. So, like, you don't know what you're going to get from these oh, guys. forwards. That's the way I'm supposed to go. Yeah, huh? it's like, oh, I'm supposed to go towards oh. the end zone, not our end zone, their end zone. That, okay. Harbin, that, Har- uh, that Harbin thing, man. Like, it hurts because he's so talented. I'm talking about specifically when they were going at it on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, dude. You guys have the ball and you're up by a couple of possessions. Like now ain't the time. I understand that you might be a little bit pissed off. You might want the ball, him and Tyree Gill. I don't know exactly what it was, but we talked about the body language going into the second half. I saw Kelsey hang his head. You saw Pat Lip. That was my fault or my bad, whatever he said on that terrible interception. And then you saw the receivers going at it on the sidelines. Like as good as everything was in the first half, and they had a 21 to 3 lead, it was that bad in the second half. And that's why you need a reliable guy. Like I'm looking at the, this list on spot track right now of like, of like potential free agents and like somebody like a Jamison Crowder. I like that. Like, I like a guy like Jamison Crowder is not like a spectacular receiver, but man, he's reliable for the jets. He's been reliable for the jets. And even when he was with Washington before he was reliable for them. He's not like spectacular, but when you need Jamison Crowder to have a game, he can have a game. That's the kind of guy you need. What about a couple of old dudes? I got a 35-year-old and a 34-year-old. Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green? No, not Emmanuel Sanders, no. Like, Emmanuel is funny because he seems like he's a timeless receiver, but not after what happened when he was going to sign here. A.J. Green? decided to go to Denver. Uh, 800-plus yards? So, production-wise, he did well. You just wonder, like, physically, is he going to decline? Oh, he's going to crumble next year. That's what I'm saying. He's 33. Like, I don't know if I'm going to count on a 33-year-old wide receiver to come in and play this system. I I actually, I I mean, I like the Keelan Cole option. Michael Gallup, who's actually, I think he's like 25. Like, I don't know if you're going to be able to afford him, but a guy like that who is going to be looking for an opportunity like, that's the kind of guy I like. For and teams. Pringle's a, a free agent. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the Chiefs need, like, bend over backwards to re-sign him. I'm saying somebody I mean, else might. And I then you really he, need somebody. I actually think Pringle will re-sign here. He probably does. I mean, to be honest, I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I, DeMarcus is gone, and I'm really starting to think over McCole Hardman. As talented as he is, I'm really starting to think over McCole Hardman because at this point now, I mean, I expect the Chiefs to draft a receiver for sure. Not not like first round or anything, probably like third round because this is a deep receiver class anyways. But I just feel like you can't keep waiting for McCole Hardman to become the guy you thought he was going to be when you drafted him. So at this point now, you got to go out there and be proactive about getting a guy in the draft, getting a guy in free agency that you rely on because you need that guy. He was the first guy the Chiefs took in the draft. Of course, a second rounder out of Georgia a few years ago. All the Tyree kill crap was going on. On the other side, I've got a guy that was actually drafted higher and more recently, and I'm kind of done with him. I'll tell you who that is coming up next, and we'll put a bow on this bad boy right here on 610 Sports Radio. So if you're still listening right now, a few things have probably happened. You can't sleep because you're pissed off in the Chiefs game. You love Chris Unocero's voice. Or I don't have a great radio voice. I just have a voice. No, it's pretty good. Don't sell yourself I just short. talk loud. There's a lot worse at this particular are, station. Yeah, but I just, I just talk loud. 
913-576-7610 if you have to get anything else off your chest. So uh, we were talking about, I guess you were talking about McCall Hardman and how the ship has kind of sailed for you. I kind of feel the same way about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that he's a bust. I'm just saying that now that we've seen him for two years, his skill set isn't what we were sold. We were told that he's so good catching the ball in the backfield. Well, he's really not. And we're told that, you know, he's the feature running back for a team that went through Williams and went through McKinnon and looking back on it in hindsight, both those guys were better. Like, I don't really know what his role is going forward. All that being said, I don't know what you do with them. I mean, you drafted him in the first round just a couple of years ago. You're not paying him a ton of money. I don't know how much he could command on the open market for a trade or anything like that. So I, as much as I'm a little bit underwhelmed and kind of pissed off, I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I mean, look. This is he's the kind of guy Andy Reid loves. He loves guys like McColl who are incredibly fast in straight line speed and incredibly agile. The problem with McColl is that he hasn't quite gotten the system down from all appearances as far as being able to uh, you know run option routes, get open, and also he's you know for the few opportunities that he that he does get as far as catching the football. He's not always reliable do in the making Chiefs those need, catches. Do the Chiefs need either one of those guys to keep winning? Hardman and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, let's say the both Clyde, those guys going forward aren't on the team. How does it really affect them that much? It's not a matter of needing Clyde. It's about seeing if Clyde can live up to the hype that you believe no, That's what I'm was. saying. It's too quick to cut bait. Yeah, I think it's too quick. But, like, running back's not a position where, like, you shouldn't be afraid to cut bait with someone who isn't performing because there's, I mean, look, the chiefs found Jared McKinnon. Yeah, who? Jared McKinnon came out of nowhere. And I mean, the last time we heard of him, he was like doing, he was, he was like a, a third running back in San Fran. So like running back is, is such an easy position to find value at um, that you don't need to hold on to Clyde if he's not producing after like next year, but with like McColl, because of the way Andy Reid calls his offense, McColl's probably always going to have a spot in the offense because he is dangerous. Whenever he has the ball in his hands, he's really hard to stop. And we've obviously seen it in the playoffs. He knows how to, once he gets the ball in his hands, he knows how to weave through defenses, make big plays, and score touchdowns from time to time. The issue is that you can't rely on him as a receiver all the time. So the question becomes... Does he kind of lose some emphasis in the offense other than being a gadget player like a dat um, and in favor of someone else who's a more consistent receiver? Like, I think at this point now, if you're the Chiefs, you kind of have to think about making that move and looking to get someone that you can line up as like a number two. And then you can make you can make McColl like you're just your straight up gadget guy, you know, the way that they've been using him in the playoffs, but don't have to rely on him to be your number two receiver. All right. So bigger picture. Now we know the chiefs lost and the super bowl is set up. It's the Bengals and the Rams. How much do you think what happened the way it happened earlier today, the loss Patrick Mahomes kind of crap in the bed. Andy with some bad play calls blowing a 21 to three lead. How much do you think that matters big picture going forward. Do you still think that the chiefs are that team that we've been talking about the last couple of years? Do we, are we talking about the Super Bowl favorites heading into next year? Or do you think that, well, you no, know, there's a new kid on the block and Joe Burrow and all of a sudden the chiefs have flaws. What do you think today's game? Big picture means big picture. I don't think it means a whole lot because I mean, the people who want to hate the chiefs, they're going to hate the chiefs regardless of what happens. Like, so that doesn't matter. You don't think Cincinnati has their number. I 
don't feel like Cincinnati's a better team. They do have their number, but I don't feel like Cincinnati's a better team, no. So, uh, I, like I said, it is what you it is what it is. Like, if you are in a situation where you still feel like the Chiefs are better, but they just played down to their competition, then you're going to feel the way you feel. If you want the Chiefs to – someone else to be better than the Chiefs, you're going to feel that way regardless of what happens. So, uh, for me, I think I was seeing this earlier. The Chiefs are the betting odds favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Mm-hmm. So – I feel like next year the, the, the story is still going to be the Chiefs are the team to beat or one of the teams to beat, depending on what happens with the Bengals. But I, I really do feel like this is a Chiefs team that's just more talented than everybody else. And maybe next year we'll see them actually do that. Let's take one more crack at the phones. Collins in Kansas City. What's up, Colin? Hey, guys. How's it going? All right, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I just wanted to blow off a little bit of steam here. I mean, I feel like, you know, people talk about moral victories, this almost kind of felt like a moral loss to me. Um, just, you know, you have the young, hungry team and the Bengals coming up, and, you know, they defeated the Chiefs. They got over that hump, which, I, you know, everyone thought it would be the uh, the Bills. Um, and, you know, I, I still think this team is awesome. I still think they're great, but I hate this Jekyll and Hyde thing. It just seems like they just, you don't know who they are sometimes, especially in the second half, man. It was just like, I just wish they could just figure that out. I don't know what it is. It's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating. No, no, I'll, that's, I'll get off now and keep Col- listening to you guys. Thank you so much. Colin, that's so frustrating is that it'd be one thing, like if we're talking about the defense and they were really good at the beginning of the year, then they kind of sucked and they got really good again or whatever it was. We're talking about in a game. Like the playoff run for the Chiefs this year. They put up 42, they win. They put up 42, they win. They put up 21 in the first half, which last time I checked is halfway to 42. And then they only score three in the second half. What the hell? Appreciate all your calls and all your texts. Those stayed up late with us. We really appreciate you. Special thanks to Chris Tenpenny producing the action and my main man, Chris Unocero. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Extended postgame coverage presented by Smokehouse right here on 610 Sports Radio. Good night. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.